MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Mechanics Wear Gloves, the number one club in NASCAR. It's almost like a holiday when the race cars fire up at Daytona and begin a new racing season for NASCAR. Today, the great American race, the Daytona 500, starts the season for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. And for the 33rd year, Motor Racing Network is here to bring it to you live. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe Moore, along with Barney Hall, welcoming you to the World Center of Racing for MRN Radio's coverage of the Daytona 500. We're positioned in the Nextel Tower, high above the Speedway, which is already packed with race fans, a crowd that will grow to well over 200,000 before the green flag falls in about an hour from now. The Daytona 500 is without a question NASCAR's biggest race. Any driver in the garage will tell you this is the one they want to win more than any. And Barney, it shows just in the preparation for this race. Teams spend months getting ready. There's no other event they plan so much in planning to race and hoping to win. Yeah, they put more hours, more effort into winning this one race than any event we run the entire season because it just has that kind of a prestige. 43 drivers, as you said, ready to go. Everybody wants to win the Daytona 500. I was looking back through uh, the record book here also, and one thing today, I think we have more cars in here for the 500 this year. You can take about five favorites when you come to Daytona to win the 500, but there are more guys back there this time there's at least 20 guys that can beat those five favorites real easy if you've been following the news coming out of speed weeks over the last week or so you know the fords have had a bit of a revival after merging the efforts of robert yates racing and jack roush racing ford getting involved there and forming what jack roush has referred to as a modern day holman and moody operation and it's shown because they've won the bud pole for this event today they won one of the qualifying races thursday they won the truck race on friday night here at daytona and those guys, the four drivers, have a solid chance of beating the DEI teams, which have had a stranglehold here at the Daytona International Speedway over the last few years. The four drivers are about as happy with their cars this year at the 500 as I have seen them in a long, long time. And we'll go trackside here in a little bit and talk with some of those drivers. Back at the Daytona International Speedway, as pre-race activity continues trackside, as we told you a moment ago, it is beautiful weather here today. The sun has been out for about the last 45 minutes. The only thing that may be a factor weather-wise, I think, this afternoon, Joe, is the fact that the wind has been forecast by the U.S. Weather Bureau to be very stiff, some 25 miles an hour. Fans have been coming into this racetrack since well before dawn this morning, getting it to their seats now as we close in on the start of the Great American Race. I want to welcome aboard some new affiliates along the line with us today in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for the first time. WXTU-FM Radio in Washington, D.C., WWRC-AM in Dallas, Texas, KFXR-AM and in Lansing, Michigan, WITL-FM, just a few of the 511 radio stations in 47 states aboard for our coverage, along with the American Forces Radio Network, broadcasting to over a million men and women in uniform in over 100 countries worldwide. The starting positions for today's Daytona 500 were determined in the Gatorade 125s three days ago. In the first qualifying race, Dale Earnhardt Jr. once again showed his dominance in restrictor plate racing here at Daytona. Earnhardt Jr. knows how to get the job done. In the Jasper Engines and Transmissions Remanufactured Moment, brought to you by Jasper Engines and Transmissions. Jasper, for the race of everyday life. The Budweiser Chevrolet in the banking in turn number three for the final time. Tony Stewart trying to run him down. Distance about two car lengths, but it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. with a lead off four. Coming back to the start-finish line, Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to make it two years in a row to win his Gatorade qualifying race. He will do it as he beats Tony Stewart by nearly four car lengths. Earnhardt Jr.'s win in the first race marked the second straight year he scored a victory in the Gatorade 125. He also secured the third well, straight spot Well, Ricky's walking this race. way, but I... Now Greg Bittle goes to the rear 
make him get Robbie Gordon. He'll just throw it to us blind. Let's see what we can do. Well, Ricky Rudd took the lead early, but after a round of pit stops midway through the event, Sadler regained the top spot and then drove on to win. Elliott Sadler up into the banking in turn number three for the final time, but the battle's going to be for second. Here comes Jimmy Johnson now. He's got a nose out front of Sterling Marlin. The battle is for second. I'm going to walk back there and see if I can get Ricky. So far, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay with Ricky, I believe. With a five or six car length lead for second, it will be Sterling Marlin by inches over Jimmy Johnson, who comes in third. After passing Kevin Harvick on the final lap, Sterling Marlin went on to finish second and secure the fourth starting spot in the Daytona 500. In a bit of a surprise, Jeff Gordon finished 21st in his please. Gatorade 125. was forced to use a provisional. Gordon, the two-time Daytona 500 winner, will start 39th in today's Great American Race. Activity continues trackside. We said we'd go down there and talk with some of the drivers. Let's do that right now. Let's start back toward the tail end of the field. Steve Post. Barney, Jeff Gordon's going to climb aboard the DuPont Chevrolet starting 39th. Uh, Jeff, you struggled this week in qualifying, then suffered some damage in the 125-mile qualifying race. But how is your car for today's race? Uh, the car's great. I mean, that's why it's so important to qualify good, you know, because you can always, uh, you know, back that up if you have problems uh, in the 125s. Unfortunately, we were playing the other way around, hoping that we really came on strong in the 125. We had our problems, but the car is awesome. Uh, the team is incredible right now, and I'm looking forward to driving this DuPont Chevrolet to the front. Starting back there, is there a strategy to drive it right directly to the front or just kind of lay back and let things sort out a little bit? Well, it's a 500-mile race, and that's a long way, and there's no reason to get in any big hurry, but, you know, uh, you got to have a lot of things go your way if you're going to get to the front from where I'm starting. you got to have some cautions. you got to have great pit stops. Um, you know, if that field gets strung out, then uh, you're going to wish you had done it in a hurry. So we're just going to kind of play it by ear. I don't really have a, uh, a real set game plan, just see the holes as they come, and and, uh, you know, take advantage of them if we can. That's Jeff Gordon. He's the 1999 and 1997 Daytona 500 winner. He's hoping to make it a third trip to victory lane today. We've talked about the prestige of winning a Daytona 500 or winning it all at Daytona, the World Center of Racing. A lot of drivers have been trying for a long time, like Ricky Rudd. He makes his 54th start at Daytona International Speedway. Today, starting 16th in Winston Kelly with a lot of changes in that team. It could be their day. i tell you what, those changes have all been positive as he's talking to his wife, Linda, before uh, we get ready to go. Tell you what, Ricky, all the changes that happened over the offseason looks like they really paid off on the racetrack for you. Well, Winston, it looks like it really has. Uh, a lot of major changes, and uh, so far it's going great and uh, just need us a good run here today. Got a fast car, just need us a good run. Where's the car best on the racetrack, high, low, or can you go pretty much anywhere you want to? Well, I'd like to stay on the bottom if I could. It doesn't always work that way. You know, you have to really have your car where you can go high or low. Uh, right now, I'd say we look pretty good on the bottom. After today, he will have started more races than anybody here passing Dave Marcus at the Daytona Speedway. And I tell you what, if there's a sentimental favorite, it is definitely Ricky Rudd. He rolls off in that strong motorcraft Ford in 16th. Jim Phillips has been tracking Dale Jarrett. He's a three-time winner here at Daytona. Let's see if he's caught up with him. We certainly have. Uh, he's going to have a little work to do today, starting 31st, Dale Jarrett. But uh, the car performed, has performed very well all week except for the other day in the qualifying races. Yeah, we had uh, been working uh, with a car that was really tight, and we made a lot of changes, and we got it to the other side totally. But uh, Friday and Saturday, the car was much better in practice, so uh, I'm very optimistic. Starting position, yeah, we'd like to start up front, but uh, uh, we have 500 miles to get there, and I think we have a car capable of doing that. 
We're about 10 degrees uh, cooler than we were on Thursday when we had those qualifying races. How do you see the track today and the setups compared to Thursday? Yeah, not a lot different because we have sunshine, and, and anytime that's beaten down on this racetrack, it makes for a slick racetrack. So uh, uh, it should be a little bit better. We're going to have a situation of probably a lot of wear with the tires at the beginning because we have a green track with all the rain, but uh, that will go away, and uh, the good handling cars are going to be the ones up front. I'll guarantee it. That's Daytona 500 winner Dale Jarrett starting 31st. He's done it three times, and it means a lot having experience at this racetrack, and DJ's got a lot of laps around this track. He could very well be a contender here today. Let's pause 10 seconds now for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. This is hot. number of stories involving drivers going to the back of the pack today, including the pole sitter Greg Biffle. They made an engine change. He'll go to the rear, along with Scott Riggs, who crashed in one of the qualifying races. Also, Ryan Newman made an engine change, and Ricky Craven. Those cars as well will go to the rear of the field for the start Marshall. in today's Daytona 500. Welcome back to the World Center of Racing, the Daytona International Speedway, as we close in on the start of the 46th running of the Daytona 500 here today. Barney, this 2004 season showing a lot of changes from last year. Of course, from the very top in the new sponsor, Nextel coming aboard, replacing R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company after all those years as a new fuel supplier and a lot of different looks for the race cars and, and changes in the driver lineup down there. We'll talk about some of those changes as the afternoon goes by. There's at least a dozen drivers in different situations with different teams and even different makes of cars as we go into the 2004 season. The new rules package for the Nextel Cup cars here this time is designed to improve the competition and for the most part, most of the guys that we have talked to in the garage area seems to really like it. They say it's going to take a little while, a race or two, to kind of fine-tune it to get it down 100% the way they want it, but for the most part, they're pleased with it. Yeah, the uh, drivers uh, told me this morning, a couple of guys I've talked to said, you know, we tested in the wintertime, but you just can't figure out things in testing that you can when you have a field of 43 down here in practicing and uh, running some some of the qualifying races they've done this week. That's when the story is told. Jeff Burton said this morning, he said, I learned more in the last couple of days of testing than we did in months of testing over the wintertime just because we were down here under race conditions with all the other cars on the track. Yeah, when you get traffic out there and you can run in a bunch th under conditions the way you're going to race, it makes a big difference in how, how you find out how you need to adjust your car to go 500 miles here today. Now let's get a NASCAR performance tip brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Weather forecast is for a great afternoon for racing here at the World Center of Racing. Yesterday it was a totally different picture with rain showers throughout the day. Again, in case you were not tuned in, the NASCAR Bush Series race will be seconds. continued on Monday morning, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Motor Racing Network coverage at 10.45. We only ran 10 laps under the green flag yesterday before finally the rain started. And uh, we got to lap 31 under caution when the red flag came out. And it never let up after that time. Five, so that's tomorrow morning. Four, right now we're concentrating three, on the start of the two, Daytona 500. One. Let's go trackside. Getting ready for the invocation to uh, begin the pre-race ceremonies here at Daytona International Speedway. And, uh, again, all the fans uh, in their seats packed in here from uh, the front straightaway 
off uh, turn four all the way down to turn number one and completely down the back straightaway. And the infield always, Barney, here just completely a sea of motorhomes and tents as fans are getting ready for the great American race. Yeah, there's not going to be an empty seat in the house here when they drop the green flag here very shortly. Trackside right now down uh, everybody waiting to get the command to fire engines down there and do the invocation and get the Daytona 500 underway. The uh, wind has picked up as predicted here, and that may be a factor for the drivers. We'll go out to the turns and talk with some of our turn reporters here in just a little bit. But for the most part, it is ideal weather compared to what we had yesterday. It is absolutely wonderful. Right now, the uh, sun comes down. The temperature, I think, forecast from the Weather Bureau should be up around 70 degrees. Should be perfect for uh, racing here at uh, Daytona International Speedway. We've had uh, some days during speed weeks got to put in the low 80s, and other days it was barely in the 50s, so it's been very changeable as far as weather conditions and, again, some rain mixed in here over the last several days. But today looks good for the start of the Daytona 500. Everybody's set to go. It's it's a long build-up getting ready for the Daytona 500. They test here throughout the uh, winter months, and, of course, uh, we've all been here for the last two weeks, starting with uh, the running of the Budweiser shootout uh, last Saturday night. Dale Jarrett got the win in that, and there's so much that goes on here. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, the NASCAR Bush Series, uh, the IROC Series, all the events leading up to this day and the start of the Daytona 500. Now we're about to go trackside to get the invocation, National Anthem, that will lead up to the start today of the Great American Race. Let's go trackside again. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise and remove your hats as color guard representing all five branches of the military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard present today's colors. Now please welcome Reverend Hal Marshman as he delivers our invocation. Almighty God and Father of all mankind, we thank you for this great world in which we live and for this great nation and for those who lead our nation. And we pause to give thanks to your goodness and bless us all and help us know that you are our God and we are your children. Shalom and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing and welcome Curb Records recording artist and Grammy winner Leanne Rimes as she sings our national anthem. Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed how the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes had bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watch Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting Still there. Oh, say, does that star spangled banner yet wave? Oh, the land of the free. 
Yeah, body get the engines, guys. Thank you, Leanne Rhymes. Let's hear it for the B-2 Stealth Bombers out of Whiteman Air Force Base and the two F-15s from Seymour Johnson's Air Force Base. Also, a thank you to the beautiful Eagles from SeaWorld Orlando. Yeah, it's hot, guys. Standing by for the command to fire the engines trackside. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome NASCAR Nextel Cup Series Championship driver, Mr. Bill Elliott. Ladies and gentlemen, for the most famous words in racing, the President of the United States. Thank you, Bill. Laura and I are honored to be here for this fantastic spectacle. We asked God's blessings on the drivers, NASCAR fans, and on our great nation. Now it is my honor to start this race. Gentlemen, start your engines. Break them up, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's pre-race activities. STP reminds you the same fuel that powered the jets flying over today's race is found in every bottle of STP. STP fuel additives made with jet fuel to help you get the most out of your car. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. Today, the Daytona 500. Sponsored by Nextel, the official sponsor of the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. NASCAR and Nextel, partners in speed. By Budweiser, grab a cold, fresh Budweiser because fresh beer tastes better. By Wicks Filters, the number one filter in NASCAR. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher, fueling drivers' thirst to win for over 25 years. Gatorade, is it at you? By Husqvarna, tough name, tough equipment. For the dealer nearest you, call one 1- 800 Husky 62 by Ford. The official truck of NASCAR is built Ford Tough by MBNA, proud sponsor of the MBNA Mid-Race Leader Award by Viagra Sildenafil Citrate. Ask your doctor if Viagra is right for you by Action Performance, the choice of champions for NASCAR licensed diecast collectibles and apparel by Tom Johnson's Camping Center, the official RV dealer of the Motor Racing Network by Featherlight, the official trailer and coach of NASCAR. See Featherlight at www.featherlightusa.com. By Mack Trucks Incorporated. Two-way communications by Racing Radio. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of Racing Radios. And by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Welcome back to the Daytona International Speedway as we're about set for the start of the first race of the 2004 season for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series, the Daytona 500. Two drivers failed to make the grid, Kirk Shelmerdine and Andy Hillenberg. Here's the 43 starters. Mike Skinner will roll off from 43rd position. He's in the Bass Pro Shops Tracker Boat Chevrolet. The Matrix Systems Thrifty Dodge with Derek Cope, who is a former Daytona 500 winner, starts all the way back in 42nd. 
Larry Foyt rolls off 41st. He's in the A.J. Foyt Racing Dodge. 40th starter, that'll be Jimmy Spencer in the Ultra Motorsports Dodge. And another Daytona 500 winner starts 39th. That will be Jeff Gordon in the DuPont Chevrolet. The Kellogg Chevrolet with Terry Labonte rolls from 38th position. Ken Schrader rolls off 37th. And the Swans Home Service Dodge. The Valvoline Chevrolet with driver Scott Riggs, a rookie, starts 36th. Brian Vickers, another rookie, starts in 35th position. Brian drives the GMAC Financial Services Chevrolet. And the Cheerios, Betty Crocker Dodge with Jeff Green goes 34th. Kyle Petty starts 33rd. Kyle drives the Georgia Pacific Brawny Dodge. The YokeTV.com Chevrolet with driver Kevin LePage goes off 32nd. And another Daytona 500 winner in the UPS Ford, squaring off from 31st position, is Dale Jarrett. Starting 30th today, Robbie Gordon, the singular wireless Chevrolet. John Andretti's in the post Maxwell House Coffee Chevrolet. He'll start in 29th position. 28th, Ricky Craven, the tied Mr. Clean Auto Dry Chevrolet. Casey Kane's in the Dodge Dealers UAW Dodge. He'll start in 27th. 26th is Scott Wimmer, the Caterpillar Dodge. 25th, Casey Mears in the Target Dodge. Johnny Benson's driving the Miccosukee Resort Dodge. He'll start 24th. 23rd, Dave Blaney in the Whelan Dodge. 22nd, Jeremy Mayfield, the Dodge Dealers UAW Dodge. And Johnny Sauter's got the America Online Chevrolet starting 21st. Last year's hottest driver, Ryan Newman, rolls off 20th here this afternoon. He's in the Alltel Dodge. Ward Burton, a former Daytona 500 winner himself, starts 19th in the Net Zero High Speed Chevrolet. The Miller Lite Dodge with Rusty Wallace goes 18th. Brendan Gaughan, a rookie driver, 17th in the Kodak Easy Share Eckerd Drugs Dodge. Motorcraft Ford with Ricky Rudd is 16th. Watch him today. He's got a strong race car. Kurt Busch, who finished second here. Kurt will roll off from 15th in the Sharpie Ford. The Joe Nemechek U.S. Army Chevrolet is 14th. Starting 13th will be Bobby Labonte in the Passion of the Christ Interstate Chevrolet. And the DeWalt Power Tools Ford of champion Matt Kenseth will roll off from 12th position. And starting 11th is Jeff Burton. He's in the NBA All-Star Game on TNT Ford. Starting 10th, Kevin Harvick, the GM Goodrent Chevrolet. Michael Waltrip has the Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet starting in the 9th position. Eighth starter, Mark Martin, the Viagra Ford. Jamie McMurray in the Texaco Haviland Dodge will go from 7th. Sixth is Jimmy Johnson. He's driving the Lowe Chevrolet. Fifth, Tony Stewart, the Home Depot Chevrolet. Going from 4th, Sterling Marlin, the Coors Light Dodge. Dale Earnhardt Jr. starts 3rd. He's driving the Budweiser Chevrolet. And on the front row, Elliot Sadler, the M&M's Ford. And on the Bud Pole, Greg Biffle driving the Army National Guard Ford. It was Greg Biffle's first career. Bud Pole won here last Sunday afternoon in qualifying at the World Center of Racing. And in case you haven't heard, Greg will have to go to the rear of the pack, Barney. He and three other drivers, for various reasons, will start at the back of the pack today. Yeah, Greg made an engine change and will start back there. But uh, he said, don't count me out simply because I'm starting in the rear of the field. They come down on the first of the three parade laps they'll make here this afternoon before they cut them loose. Why don't we take a quick swing around the racetrack and bring in the voices who will be covering the action for us all afternoon out in the turns. Over in one and two from Barry, Vermont, is Dave Moody. Thank you very much, Barney Hall. Good afternoon, everybody. 31 degrees of banking here at the west end of Daytona International Speedway. That's enough to give these drivers plenty of room to fan out, select the lane and the drafting partners they like best, and begin working their way to the front of the pack. Those partnerships can be fleeting, though, and the guy that saves your bacon one lap can throw you to the wolves the next. So we'll be on our toes all afternoon, sorting out the 190-mile-an-hour three-wide battles from our vantage point atop the new Sunoco Tower, high outside the banking of turn number two. And it gets very fast off turn number two as they hit that long back straightaway Calm the super stretch this afternoon. To cover the action there from Motor Racing Network this afternoon, from Wilmington, Delaware, Mike Bagley. Thanks, Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. Position on a platform about 50 feet in the air on the inside at the end of the super stretch. 
stretch, 3,400 feet. And over here, it's all about who you know and when to go. First of all, get hooked up with someone, find that drafting partner, then you and that partner pick the right time to break out of line and make a pass. No partnership, no advancement, and then drop back and lose positions in wholesale fashion. We'll keep tabs on the drafting partnerships that develop and dissolve as the Daytona 500 works its way to completion. And as we've talked about before, one of the most critical areas here at Daytona for the cars is when they come off turn number four and move into the trioval. To cover the action for us this afternoon, let's go up to Jeff Striegel from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everybody. Turns three and four here at Daytona. Same as down in turns one and two. 31 degrees of banking. It's a high-speed chess game, and I'll have all the action covered from the Sunoco Tower just outside of turn number four. Another special element has been added to the Daytona 500 here this afternoon that has just stepped into our booth, the President of the United States, George Bush. Welcome to Daytona, sir. Thank you, sir. It's, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling to be here. I saw you down on pit road talking with some of the drivers down there, and uh, it, you're the the uh, armed services are very well represented with with cars in our division now. Well, I tell you, uh, NASCAR NASCAR fans, uh, car owners support the United States military, and I know our troops really appreciate that. I know your relationship with the France family goes back a long ways. It does. As a matter of fact, uh, we've known them for a long time. They're great entrepreneurs. Thing that makes us their business successful is they care deeply about their fans, and uh, they run a good business. Our broadcast is being uh, heard worldwide over the American Forces Radio and Television Network, and so all the uh, troops around the world listening in today to hear what's going on. And we've got a lot of race fans among that group. I know you do, and uh, there's a lot of fans in America here that uh, uh, fans of our United States military because of the character of the men and women who wear our uniform. We're really proud of them. They're making a huge difference in terms of peace and freedom, and their commander in chief is. Is really grateful. It's kind of fitting that you would come to see us here at Daytona because we did come to visit you back in December. The, yeah, you uh, did. <laughs> cars out there on the White House lawn. And I might tell you, it created a lot of excitement in Washington, D.C. There's a lot of NASCAR fans in, uh, in Washington, and uh, the drivers were there. These drivers are great athletes. They're well-conditioned people. They're focused. They're disciplined. And uh, they're in for a heck of an afternoon. The Daytona 500 has been called the Great American Race. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Well, I can see why. If you were here uh, seeing what I see, you'd see Great American Race because a lot of Americans here who are really uh, have made this not just an event but a spectacle. You've got some uh, pretty good race drivers from your state of Texas, uh, the Labonte brothers well, and, do. of course, the legendary A.J. Foyt. That's exactly right, the Labonte boys from Corpus Christi, Texas. As a matter of fact, I had dinner with a fellow from Corpus Christi last night who, who said uh, to want me to tell the Labonte boys good luck. They'll be tough here today, that's for sure. Field is working behind the pace car here. We're closing in on the start of the Daytona 500. You going to stay with us for a few minutes? Watch some of this. I'd love to. This is a pretty good seat you got We may put you to work here in a few moments. (laughs) 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 Cards are working behind the pace car, going down the back straightaway. We're coming around uh, very shortly to get the start of the Daytona 500 here today. A very special day again with the President of the United States being here with us. And again, our broadcast being heard on over 500 radio stations around the country and worldwide on the American Forces uh, Radio and Television Network. All the eyes on this place today. That is for sure. The field will be given the indication one lap to go when they come back around and cross the start-finish line. Uh, we're going to lose one of our, our great people in, uh, in racing that will be moving up to Washington, and that's Joe Gibbs. So if anything you need to know about this business, you can just touch base with him. Well, I saw him down in the pits. He is one class act. He's a really a good man. He's got some good race teams. He really, really, the, the two drivers he has here this afternoon very much in contention to win this thing. Well, I can understand why, because he's well-organized and he knows what he's doing. When he takes on an assignment, he's good at it. 
When we were at the White House back in December, you made mention of a number of people on Capitol Hill that follow NASCAR racing. Uh, well, there are a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of congressmen, you know, from all over the country that uh, keep telling me, said, if you want to, you need to go see a NASCAR race. I said, I already have one. They go see another one. <laughs> you can't see enough, they tell me. How about yourself? You listen to MRN radio up at the White House? Well, I, look, I watch TV. and well, uh, you need to listen to the radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know your your dad was very much uh, into our sport. I remember when we uh, first started going to New York to do the awards banquet up there at the end of the season. He made an impromptu visit to us uh, one time. That was when Bill Senior was still alive. Oh yeah, he loves uh, he loves uh, uh, car racing, and he, he he like me likes the spectacle, but he really likes the people involved. There's these, there's some fine fine Americans involved in this in this in this sport. I tell you what, when you come to a stock car race, whether it's the Daytona 500 or any of the races that NASCAR does. You see a true slice of America. Absolutely. And uh, uh, when, that, when those jets flew over here during the, the Star Spangled Banner, the roar was as loud as the jets. One of the most impressive things that I've seen, and I've seen it a couple of times at different events, is Air Force One flying over like you guys did when you first came in here this afternoon. That is truly impressive. Well, it's a, it's a plane. It's a magnificent plane that reflects the magnificence of our country. And it's a, it is, it is a, it, they flew by, and we, we, we got to see the scene, and, you got to see the plane, and it was a really uh, Air Force One. Is I'm a, it's an honor to be on it. I'm sure it is. I, I know you can't have a favorite of this race this afternoon. You've got to be a little bit impartial like we are, but I'm sure you'll be pulling in one sense for the boys from Texas. Well, I am. The Bonnie boys are good good boys, and, you know, Texans are Texans. We kind of pull for our own. But nevertheless, uh, there's a lot of great people racing, and I've been honored to have had the honor of meeting quite a few uh, race car drivers, and I've been impressed by them. They're good, honorable people. Mr. President, you're always on the job no matter where you go, but it must be kind of nice to come out on a beautiful afternoon like this and, and take in a NASCAR Nextel Cup Series race for a change of pace, if nothing else. Well, it is. <laughs> it's great to get out of Washington, believe me. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, and it's such a beautiful day here, and the atmosphere is magnificent. The, you know, the, the, there's electricity in the air, as they say, and there's a reason why, because a lot of people view this as, uh, as the beginning of a great season of NASCAR racing. I'll tell you what we'd like you to do if, if you would like to do it. When they come off turn number four and that pace car hits pit road, would you like to say here they come to the green for us? Sure. You, you pinch me when I'm supposed to I'll say here it. they come to the green. <laughs> All right. They're swinging up into turn number four right now, led by the pace car, 43 drivers, chasing a purse of almost $16 million here this afternoon, but I don't think the money's on anybody's mind at this point. The, the thing on everybody's mind in this field this afternoon is go to victory lane, get the trophy, and be a winner of the Daytona 500. Pace car about to ease off on the pit road right now. 43 of the best stock car drivers in the world, about 1,000 feet away from the start-finish line. And to call the start of the Daytona 500, the President of the United States, George Bush. Here they come to the green. And they're on the way up into turn number one with Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the point. Elliott Sadler in the outside front row, stacked up double wide all the way through the field. That'll take the better part of a lap for them to get up to full song. The dicing for position will start a good deal sooner. They're side by side at the point. Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Budweiser Chevrolet on the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott Sadler topside in the Eminem short for the lead. Ford and Chevy side by side for the first time onto the super stretch here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt Jr. down low. Elliott Sadler up top. No one stepping out of line. They are Double wide, looks like a high-speed pace lap for the first time off the end of the back stretch. Elliott Sadler, topside. Dale Earnhardt Jr. digging low, drafting help from Tony Stewart. Dead heat in three. 
dead heat off of turn four. Who's going to lead lap number one of the Daytona 500? Can't decide yet. Still dead even coming down to the line. Dale Earnhardt Jr. hugs the inside lane. Elliott Sadler to the outside. Jr. by inches down low. But again, Sadler pulls even on the outside. That draft working throughout the 43-car pack. Both drivers with plenty of drafting help in the rearview mirror. It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the bottom of the racetrack. He opens up the advantage to a car length. The battle now will be left for second. Here comes Tony Stewart right in the tire tracks for second. Dale Earnhardt Jr. takes the lead of the Daytona 500. Now they're side by side and stacked up from second on back. Here's Tony Stewart down low. He races alongside Elliott Sattler. McMurray behind Stewart. Got Marlon behind Sattler. They're side by side for second. And Sattler looking for that push from Sterling Marlin, but here comes Tony Stewart drafting help inside from Jamie McMurray out front. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads him off turn number four, back down to the start finish line. Nobody's been able to move up and put a challenge on him right now, but Tony Stewart's got a little drafting help with Jamie McMurray down to the inside line. They tighten up on him a wee bit as they go over to turn two. Stewart right there on the back bumper of the leader. Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Budweiser Chevrolet. Now it's a car length back to Stewart. Another one back to Jamie McMurray. Elliott Sadler, the outside pole sitter, getting shuffled backward. Here comes Michael Waltrip to the bottom for four. The outside lane, not the place to be. The inside lane begins to advance. Now the front three are nose to tail and free of traffic. Here's Michael Waltrip down low, trying to make the move, but all of a sudden, Elliott Sadler gets some momentum, takes third from McMurray, looks for second from Stewart. And Sadler's still topside on the racetrack, trying to draw even with Tony Stewart, but that won't work. Here comes that inside groove once again. Jamie McMurray trying to take over the number three spot. Got that Dodge Power working down to the inside. He's drafting way low, coming into the corner of uh, turn number uh, four, that is, to the trioval. Earnhardt Jr. out in front, Tony Stewart second. The battle again is for the third spot in turn one. Down on the bottom of the racetrack, it's Jamie McMurray. He's got third. Michael Waltrip now follows him through for fourth. The battle drops back for fifth. Down to the low line, Jimmy Johnson, Elliott Sadler letting it ride on the outside. Vivian Ford once again side by side. Elliott Sadler racing for the fifth spot. Looks down to his inside, sees Jimmy Johnson. Jamie McMurray starting to get a bit restless, looking down low. He's trying to block the advance of Michael Waltrip. That's the race for the third position. Jimmy Johnson on the inside, and Elliott Sadler still up top. Right behind him, Sterling Marlin and Jeff Burton. But up front, four-car breakaway, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Tony Stewart. Right now, there's running nose to tail as they work back to the start-finish line. A four-car draft at the front of the field. Single file from there back. Jimmy Johnson right now scrambles with Elliott Sadler trying to secure that position. That's where the hard racing is going on is from Elliott Sadler on back. Still tooth and nail for that number five position. Elliott Sadler in the outside groove, drafting help from Sterling Marlin. Down low, it's Jimmy Johnson drafting help from Jeff Burton. Nobody gets the advantage as they race off two. Still double wide for the fifth spot now. Jimmy Johnson in the Chevy down low. Elliott Sadler in the Ford topside as the draft forms up behind them. Here's Jamie McMurray going to work on Tony Stewart. Trying to squeeze down on the inside of the racetrack. Stewart now will block the advance in turn three. And he'll stay single file. That battle for fifth still continues on though. Jimmy Johnson inside and Elliott Sadler up top where he has been all race long battling for fifth. Elliott trying to get some drafting help and move closer to the front where he started here this afternoon. Not going to happen this time. Right in front of him, the car of Michael Waltrip comes up on the backing just a tad. And now Jimmy Johnson pulls even to the inside once again to challenge Sadler for six. Elliott Sadler's been stuck in that outside lane since the drop of the green flag. He's gone backward. He's gone forward. Now the battle is once again for the number five position as he creeps up to challenge Jimmy Johnson. Elliott Sadler seesawing back and forth, racing now alongside Jimmy Johnson. Again, the battle for the fifth spot. Up front, Tony Stewart taking a look down at the inside. He wants the lead. Dale Earnhardt Jr. moves over to block. They stay single file off the end of the super stretch. 
And back for a round of 10 spot, Matt Kenza, top side of the racetrack, going three wide with Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch, but he's going to lose spots there. Up front, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, off board. While Dale Jr. pulls him around in this 190-mile-an-hour-plus draft, we're looking back toward the tail end of the field. A couple of drivers we thought might start going forward. Dale Jarrett has slid back to 41st position, and Ryan Newman, who started 20th, has fallen all the way back to 39th. They go over to turn two. And the race heating up for second, third, and fourth position. Barney, Tony Stewart has fallen back into the clutches of Jamie McMurray. Right behind him, Michael Waltrip, Jimmy Johnson, Elliot Sadler finally finds a hole on the inside. And they'll all stack them up single file now at the front of the field. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Maybe a car length out in front of Tony Stewart. Stewart a half car length over Jamie McMurray. McMurray looks high and low. Stewart again blocking the advance of Jamie McMurray. Jamie McMurray running third behind them, Michael Waltrip and Jimmy Johnson took a peek to the outside. Now we've got trouble. One car up in smoke. It is Mark Martin of Viagra Ford and a big plume of smoke as he exits turn number four. Caution will come out of the speedway. Mark Martin having a problem, but thank goodness it is only a one-car problem up there in the corner. Let's go back to turn four. Barney, it was perfect for Mark Martin if you can be in the right position when something like this happens. He was on the outside of the racetrack. It appears as though the motor may have let go on the Viagra Ford. He was able to go to the top side of the racetrack and avoid everybody that was stacking up behind him. Mark Martin has since headed towards pit road. Seven laps are complete here at Daytona, and we are under the first caution flag of the afternoon. We're back at the Daytona International Speedway, and we've had a rash of pit stops. Let's go quickly down to Winston Kelly. Well, about half of the cars on this end of pit road, Barney, came in, changed four tires, and topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Brian Vickers, Ricky Craven, Mike Skinner, Jeff Gordon, Terry Levani, Brendan Gone, Rusty Wallace, and Kevin LePage. A tire got away from one of the crews from this vantage point. It looks like it was up toward the head end of pit road. Couldn't tell exactly whose it was. Uh, when, when one of the crew members goes out to retrieve it, somebody's going to go to the end of the longest line of traffic. Now down to Jim Phillips. And on this end, we had Casey Mears in for four tires and fuel. Dave Blaney was in. Kevin Harvick was in, along with Johnny Benson. Steve Post. Kyle Petty was into the pits down here. Jeremy Mayfield also in. Joe Nemechek, Jeff Green, Scott Riggs. Dale Jarrett was in. We speculated he had dropped to the rear, but that was just uh, the plan. We were going to just drop back and see how things were, shake the car out just a little bit. Jimmy Spencer and Matt Kenseth all on pit road here on this end. President Bush is still with us here in the tower. I know you have a busy, very busy schedule this afternoon, but we'd like to get a couple of more words with you real quick. Quick impression of what you've seen. A lot of speed, a lot of energy, and a lot of skill. And awfully hard to keep up with it sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard to keep up with. I can't imagine even being in it. That's the thing that's amazing. When we drove into, into this track and looked at that, how, ba- how steep that bank is. It's, uh, they're a different cut of breed to, to get yeah, in these race are. cars they're, they're, to do what they do for a living, that's for sure. You've asked a few questions uh, while you're up here watching over our shoulders here. What what have you learned so much about so far about uh, NASCAR racing? Well, I've learned it's a, it's a, it's a team sport, of course. Yes. These guys come in the pits and... First one out is, is in a better position, and kind of kind of scramble everybody for themselves. Well, so they speak. do, and I, 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 when I was working the pits, I asked them all if they're stretched and ready to go. You know, it's like you ask any other team, and they said they bet. There's a lot of teamwork, and a lot of spirit. Can oh. uh, can you pick a favorite here today? No, I'm not that good. I, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not that I'm not that knowledgeable to pick a winner. But, you, know, uh, you know most of the names, though. Oh, I know a lot uh, of the names. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And it's uh, you know, it's a uh, it, it's, a, it's a sport that has got wide appeal, and the reason why is it's, it's an exciting sport. I mean, people really uh, can come and enjoy themselves, and, and it's like a, any other big sporting event, except this one's a lot of speed and a lot of noise and a lot of action. 
We're delighted that you took time out to come up and visit with us this afternoon. You're welcome to come anytime. You are now an honorary member of the MRN uh, radio broadcast well, you, crew. and you've doesn't pay anything, but uh, you're welcome <laughs> to come back anytime. Well, you've lowered your standards, and I'm glad to be admitted to such an august crown. <laughs> it's an honor to meet you here this Thank afternoon. You, Thank you, sir. Good to see you again. Thank you, Mr. Thank President. you, buddy. Thanks for coming to the White House. We'd love to come back again sometime. President George Bush with us here this morning or this afternoon in the tower at Daytona International Speedway as we're working caution for the first time today. Mark Martin blew up in turn number three. He was running 10th at the time, had started 8th today in the Daytona 500. Pit stops have taken place. Field now working around here with Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the race leader. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. Field getting the signal of one lap to go as they come back to the start-finish line. Here's the way they're running after 10 laps in the Great American Race. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the leader. Tony Stewart is second. Jamie McMurray is third. Michael Waltrip fourth. And Jimmy Johnson runs in fifth. Sixth is Elliott Sadler. Seventh, Sterling Marlin. Jeff Burton is eighth. Bobby Labonte ninth. And Kurt Busch is in tenth. Eleventh is Ricky Rudd. Twelfth is Ward Burton. Johnny Sauter is thirteenth. Fourteenth is Scott Wimmer. Greg Biffle, who started last on the field, is up to 15th. He's one of several cars that did not come in and make a stop there. Jimmy Spencer is 16th. 17th is Dave Blaney. 18th, Kevin Harvick. 19th is Joe Nemechek. And in 20th is Ricky Craven. Jeff Gordon rolls 21st. Derek Cope is up to 22nd now. John Andretti, 23rd. Rusty Wallace, 24th. And Kevin LePage, 25th. Larry Foyt shows 26th. Brian Vickers, 27th. Casey Mears is 28th. 29th is Terry Labonte, 30th is Ken Schrader, Jeremy Mayfield's 31st, Ryan Newman's 32nd, Scott Riggs is 33rd, Casey Kane is 34th, Jeff Green is 35th, Kyle Petty 36th, Dale Jarrett 37th, Mike Skinner is 38th, Robbie Gordon's 39th, Brendan Gaughan is 40th, Johnny Benson's 41st, Matt Kent's is 42nd, and Mark Martin is 43rd. Mark has taken his car to the garage area and is out of the event. I, I was so impressed with uh, Mr. Bush, our president, he, I think he was kind of blown away with, with how this works here in the tower and the guys di- dicing back and forth out there at the speeds they are. He was, uh, he, I think he was just blown away by what he was watching. You know, we have, we have a lot of dignitaries that uh, throughout the course of the year as we travel around the country come up to our booth and will say hello to us and we'll speak a few words. And, all. and typically they come in and, and they're nice and they look around a little bit and then they leave. The president wanted to hang around for a while and uh, was very interested in what was going on. He was asking you questions, asking me questions about, okay, how do they do this? Why do they do that? Was interested in the, the tire rolling out of the pit box down on pit road that Winston Kelly talked about. Asked, you know, what that was all about, why it happened, and what will happen as a result. And so he was very interested in uh, the proceedings here today at Daytona. Right now going back under the green flag in the Daytona 500 again. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads the way. Single file restart, and it'll take a while to get him rolled up as they work to turn Turn one. Let's check downstairs and hear from Mark Martin. Yeah, Mark Martin has called out of the Viagra Ford. And, uh, Mark, unfortunately, a short day for you. What happened? I don't really know. You know, we broke something in the engine. Uh, and I just feel bad for this Viagra team. And uh, they worked so hard for this opportunity. And I felt all week that we had a chance to win this thing. And I don't know, just kind of feel like it's cheated or something. It just, just doesn't seem real. Maybe we could have a do-over here or something. I don't know. Is there any signal? Or go real quick. Yeah, it went pretty fast. It, uh, before I, you know, it started to go, and then I had cars behind me that I couldn't just stop or get down. I was on the outside, and, you know, I was stuck. And, and so before I could get, uh, get the engine to stop turning, when he's it was done. making all kinds of smoke, and I couldn't see a thing. That's Mark Martin. He's out of it here today. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. brings them back to the line, single file as they swing off into turn number one. We've seen a couple of guys pull out to make a move, but thus far, everybody wants to ride single file, not lose the leader up there. But now we're seeing some scrambling going on back at about 10th place. And the man on the move to the outside is Bobby Labonte. The problem for Bobby is he's got no drafting help. Greg Biffle looks up ahead, says there's an open lane. There's Bobby Labonte. I'll go with him, and they'll go to the outside. Only two cars, though, on the outside lane, racing along for the ninth position. Got Bobby Labonte and Greg Biffle alongside Kurt Bush and Ricky Rudd side by side. Labonte and Bush to turn three. Bobby Labonte trying to move up on the outside. Greg Biffle and Jimmy Spencer right behind him. Three wide now as Kevin Harvick joins into the battle. He's got some running room. He closes in on Biffle. So Bobby Labonte trying to rally some support from behind as he works the outside lane to get a draft rolling. We've not seen the outside lane work very good at all throughout Speed Week so far. But Bobby's still stubbornly trying to make it happen. And he's got Greg Biffle there behind him. They're working on it in turn one. And that's the battle for the number nine position. On the inside is Kurt Busch in the Ford. Bobby Labonte topside in the Chevrolet. Then the second row, two by two. Ricky Rudd and Greg Biffle. Side by side again, stacking up for the ninth position. Bobby Labonte leads that freight train in the outside lane. Greg Biffle stacked up behind. One car now makes a move down to the inside. It's the car of Ward Burton, though. But he'll be freight trained by Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Spencer. And now Harvick goes three wide. Harvick all the way to the top of the banking down in turn number three, but Bobby Labonte is there, so Harvick will direct back in line behind Bobby Labonte. That continues to be the battle for ninth. A real scramble back at about 10th position on back, still running nose to tail, trying to hang on to the draft of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Tony Stewart poked the nose out just at one time, moving into the trioval, and now says, nope, I'm just going to ride right here. They go back over to turn two. Front of the pack, everybody content to run nose to tail. That battle continues for ninth, 10th, 11th place. Kurt Busch has gotten the advantage down low on Bobby Labonte. Then it's Ricky Rudd and topside Kevin Harvick. Bobby Labonte has a new drafting partner. Instead of it being Greg Biffle, now it's Kevin Harvick. The GM Goodrent Chevy trying to get wound up up top. Meanwhile, here's the battle for fourth, really stacking up. Michael Walter with his hands full. He's got Jimmy Johnson and others behind him. Jimmy Johnson trying to look underneath Michael Waltrip, but Waltrip has got the car pinned down on the yellow line. He'll duck back in line. Meanwhile, further back, Bobby Labonte, the battle rages. That's for the ninth position. Bobby Labonte still working the outside lane. Got a different drafting partner this time, though. Kevin Harvick's pulled up behind him. Jimmy Spencer, Joe Nemechek, and Jeff Gordon also stacked up, working in that outside lane. Labonte's had a couple of different drafting partners test that outside lane. They haven't found it to their liking, so they've ducked back in down low. Bobby has stayed up high, and he's trying to make it work. He'll go after Sterling Marlin now to the super stretch. Now this is the battle for seventh, so the outside lane beginning to make some progress as Labonte jaws up alongside Sterling Merlin. Behind Merlin, the draft forms up. He's got Jeff Burton, Kurt Busch behind him, while Labonte still has Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy Spencer trying to get up behind Kevin Harvick, who's trying to get up behind Bobby Labonte. They continue to battle with Sterling Marlin directly to his inside. I think we're going to see a little tighter racing once they get a little rubber built into this racetrack. Now, we had a lot of rain here overnight and all day yesterday, and it washed about all the rubber off the racetrack, and one of the drivers that we talked to touched on that a little bit earlier when we came on that it would be a green racetrack. They may not be getting quite the grip they need, Dave Moody, and that's the reason we're seeing some single-file racing for the moment. Yeah, for the moment, Barney, everybody content to keep it fairly close to the vest with the possible exception of Bobby Labonte, who's been waging war up high all afternoon long. 
Again, racing for the seventh position, Sterling Marlin alongside Bobby Labonte. That's where the stacking up of traffic takes place. Behind Marlin, you've got the car of Jeff Burton, also Kurt Busch. Behind Labonte, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Spencer, and Jeff Gordon. And Bobby Labonte is moving up. He will draw even now with Elliott Sadler. So that outside line starting to come into play. Spencer goes up the racetrack, gets it further back, and Jeff Gordon takes over the spot. Yeah, Gordon saw him slip a little bit, just uh, drove underneath him slightly, picked up a position, and Spencer now stuck out of line. He's going to lose a few more spots. Joe Nemechek and Greg Biffle both swip by. There's several other cars lined up as Spencer tries fruitlessly to get back in line in turn one. Jimmy Spencer, the odd man out. He's going to lose maybe a dozen positions before it's over. They've still got him strung out three wide. Kevin LePage, Casey Mears go underneath. Here comes Dave Blaney. While Jimmy Spencer starts to fall through the field, Bobby Labonte begins to make progress. He's just taken the seventh spot. Now he'll take the sixth spot on the back straightaway using the outside lane. Side by side for seventh. Kevin Harvick to the outside of Elliott Sattler in three. And Bobby Labonte is going to move back up the racetrack and pick up the draft with Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson, who goes topside too. So now the battle is on for fifth between Jimmy Johnson and Elliott Sattler. Bobby Labonte may have one of the strongest race cars out there. He's been able to make some moves with or without the draft and get himself up toward the front of the field. He's coming on very strong. For the moment, he's all the way up to sixth position, chasing Dale Earnhardt Jr., the leader. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 on MRN Radio is brought to you in part by Nextel, the official sponsor of the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. NASCAR and Nextel, partners in speed. By Sunoco, if it's good enough for NASCAR, it's good enough for your car. By Wix Filters, the number one filter in NASCAR. And by Budweiser, grab a cold, fresh Budweiser because fresh beer tastes better. Had a pretty good tussle going on back there from fifth place on back with Jamie McMurray, Michael Waltrip, and Bobby Labonte. That's up in turn four. And add Jeff Gordon to the mix as well. He has got one fast race car. Gordon's made some nice moves. We talked earlier about Jimmy Spencer getting up out of the groove there. He sliced down to the lower side of the track, picked up that spot. Now he's in a, a big battle with Michael Waltrip. They're side by side. That race going on for the sixth position as they work up to turn one. Jeff Gordon's got all the drafting help up high, Joe. He's got Jeff Burton in the rearview mirror along with Greg Biffle. Michael Waltrip pretty much left to his own devices on the bottom. That'll get the advantage to Jeff Gordon off two. Side by side for the sixth spot now, and they are stacked up behind them. You've got Michael Waltrip and Jeff Gordon. Gordon door-to-door. Behind Gordon, the drafting help shakes up in the form of Jeff Burton and Greg Biffle, and then they're side-by-side behind them. Joe Nemechek looks out to his inside. Kurt Busch trying to take the spot away. That outside line now really starting to go, and Jeff Gordon is up there, and he is working to the outside of Michael Waltrip, and he will pick up position number five. They work back to the start-finish line. They'll put 23 laps on the scoreboard of the 200 that will make up the Daytona 500 this afternoon. It is still Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, and Jamie McMurray, the top five. They begin to pull away from the field a little bit. We'll take a quick swing down pit road. Winston Kelly. Well, the problem with the tire that got away, it was from Mike Skinner's team, the uh, number two team out of the NASCAR Bush Series from Ron Hornaday pitting that machine. One of the tires from the car in front of it, Ricky Craven, got away into the pit box when he, when the front tire changer or carrier, John Wallace, jumped off the wall, stepped on that tire, and Toss he bumped his job. head. So, uh he uh, he's gone to the infield care center. He's okay. Was talking to the uh, infield the uh, infield medical center folks, but he's okay. Mike Skinner did not have to go to the end of the longest line of traffic because it was an accident on pit road that was not of their making. Jim Phillips. That schedule pissed off for Casey Mears, Barney. He came in on lap eight. Uh, they changed tires in. He's back to in the pit. Some laps later, four tires and fuel. Casey Mears is back on the track. 
And a report from Steve Post. Barney down here, a little bit of pit strategy happening after that last pit stop. It was lap nine, and some of the cars came in, some stayed out. Talking to the crew chiefs down here, they can go 30 to 35 laps. So if this thing goes green a while, we're going to get some people on different pit cycles. Also, Matt Kenseth made two stops during that last uh, caution period. The first time in, they just changed four tires. Matt was pinched off out on the racetrack, thought he might have had a little damage. The second time, they just brought the DeWalt Ford down pit road, gave it the once-over check, make sure that nothing was rubbing, nothing was scraping, and sent him back out onto the speedway. Kurt Busch has moved up a bit. He started 15th, now running in the 7th position. Right behind him, his teammate Jeff Burton also trying to form a draft there and catch the front six machines as they work around this track. Greg Biffle there as well, and Joe Nemechek hooked up. Bobby Labonte, we talked about earlier, Barney, had tried to work that outside lane. And again, after seeing all throughout Speed Weeks, nobody able to do anything, he was determined to make it work, and it didn't. He lost about five spots in the process. Yeah, any time we've seen anybody pull up there, particularly with only a couple of cars running together, they lose ground and they do not gain ground. The hot tip right now is to stay at the bottom of the racetrack. They go over to turn three. Dale Earnhardt Jr., whoa, problems for Jeff Burton. Off at the end of the super stretch, a plume of smoke after the back of Jeff Burton's car. He is off the pace and down the inside, but Jeff Burton, a big puff of smoke out of his four Taurus. Everybody working by Jeff Burton. He is way slow now in turn number four. The entire field passing by Jeff Burton. Tough Back. break. Roush engines, that's two of them having problems yeah. today. Mark Martin earlier, and now Jeff Greg Burton. Biffles. Yeah, they had to change the, the engine also in Greg Biffle's car, who won the Bud Pole here for the Daytona 500. But uh, problems for Jack Roush's teams in the early going, particularly for two of them right now. Limping onto pit road, here comes Jeff Burton. Let's make sure it is an engine. Go down to his pit. Jeff Burton, the car is turned off. No sound coming out of the machine as he rolls down the crew, slowly going over the wall. Not too much uh, hurriedness in the crew. They're going under the hood, and we'll get back with you and let you know what the final uh, diagnosis is. Hood does go up on Jeff Burton's car, and apparently it is going to be a very serious problem, and he will likely go to the garage. The leader is out of turn number four. The leader, well, no big surprise, Dale Earnhardt Jr. He has mastered this racetrack and Talladega, and he was the favorite by far coming into the event here this afternoon, but there's an awful lot of racing left. Tony Stewart's been able to stay with him. So has Kevin Harvick. So has Jimmy Johnson and Jamie McMurray. The interval between those, Dave Moody, is buried a little less than a car length. Yeah, indeed, Barney. It's kind of gone back and forth. Nobody really has made much of a run at Dale Earnhardt Jr. yet. Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick content to ride in second and third. Jimmy Johnson falls in line in fourth. They are stacked up behind them from fifth on back. Got Jamie McMurray there. He's trying to fend off the advances of the car of Kurt Busch. Michael Waltrip, also Jeff Gordon, scattered about, not tucked tightly, but they are working in single file formation. And up front, it continues to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. running the bottom of the racetrack, moving up. Up just a little bit. His third is Kevin Harvick trying the middle groove off of turn number four. Tony Stewart looks underneath him, momentarily coming up off the corner. Snaps quickly back in line, though. No time to make the move now. For now, they'll stay in single file. Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, and Jamie McMurray. That's your top five at lap 28. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by Daytona International Speedway to MRN Radio, solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the express written consent of MRN Radio is prohibited. The Daytona 500 under the caution flag once again for an incident in turn four. Joe, it looked like Derek Cope just lost the handle on his car as he made the exit off of turn number four. Tried to save it, and when he did, he came down the racetrack and clipped Scott Riggs' Valvoline machine. Trouble for, obviously, for Scott Riggs, but more trouble as uh, Derek Cope tries to drive his car towards pit road. He spun right out through the middle of the field. Very fortunate that we didn't collect more cars than we did, but only two cars involved in this incident. Again, when Derek Cope... 
Bounced off the outside wall, clipped Scott Riggs, and that has put us under the yellow for the second time this afternoon. Caution at lap 33. Derek Cope had stayed out when a lot of other cars had come down the pit road to make their stops, and so he had inherited the seventh position, was having a pretty good run going here today, and of course Derek Cope being one of the former winners of the Daytona 500. Now behind the wall, along with the Fords of Jeff Burton and Mark Martin, out of the race, their problems engine-related here today. 34 laps are complete. Again, kind of mixed up, Barney, as far as who's made pit stops, who has not. And, uh, of course, that'll play into uh, the story big time here this afternoon. They're saying that uh, between 35 to 37, 38 uh, laps or so uh, between the pit stops. Well, thus far, it's been kind of mixed up. About half the field pitted on that first caution flag, and then uh, the last 10 laps here, we have seen about, what, 13 or 14 cars go on a pit road that did not pit during that first session. But at any rate, we're at lap 34. We are working the second caution flag of the day. Kevin Harvick, as Joe told you, has now moved to the lead. Jeff Gordon's up to second. Joe Nemechek's third. Ryan Newman fourth. And Dave Blaney is fifth. Let's take you further back at the field here since uh, there's been so much going on since the start of the race this afternoon. Barney gave you the top five. Sixth now is Brian Vickers. Seventh is Matt Kenseth. John Andretti is eighth. Robbie Gordon, ninth. And Scott Riggs is running in tenth. Eleventh is Scott Wemmer. Twelfth is Terry Labonte. Brendan Gaughan is running in the 13th spot now with Jeff Green, 14th. Dale Jarrett, 15th. Rusty Wallace is in 16th. Casey Kane, 17th. Johnny Benson's 18th with Ken Schrader, 19th. And Kyle Petty, 20th. 21st is Jeremy Mayfield, 22nd, Kevin LePage, Tony Stewart's 23rd, Dale Earnhardt Jr., 24th, and Jimmy Johnson now is in 25th. Back in 26th, that's Michael Waltrip, Jamie McMurray is 27th, Kurt Busch is 28th, Greg Biffle's 29th, Sterling Marlin is 30th, Ward Burton is 31st, Johnny Sauter 32nd, Elliot Sadler 33rd, Mike Skinner is 34th, Ricky Craven 35th, Casey Mears would be 36th, Ricky Rudd 37th, Jimmy Spencer 38th, Bobby Labonte 39th, and Larry Foyt is shown in 40th. Three cars that we talked about being out of the event, Derek Cope, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. We've had two lead changes among two drivers so far this afternoon. About to have yet another one because the leader, Kevin Harvick, and those cars who did not come in on that last pit stop are on pit road now as they come rolling in. Kevin Harvick, Jeff Gordon, others at lap 35 to Winston Kelly. Jeff Gordon, the first one on this in a pit road, his teammate, Brian Vickers, who's going to pit about three stalls ahead of him coming into a stop. Another teammate, two pit stalls back, Terry Labonte. All these guys are going to go to work and make a four-tire stop. Sunoco fuel going in. The Terry Labonte car working on the right side behind him. There's Casey Kane, also Scott Wimmer. And who's going to win the race off pit road? It's going to be Kevin Harvick and then Jeff Ford. Now down to Jim Phillips. And Kevin Harvick was in for four tires of fuel. Also in on this end, Jamie McRary at four tires of fuel. Johnny Benson's been in along with Dave Blaney. Steve Post. Jim, uh, pit stops done on this end. Ken Schrader, Dale Jarrett in. Also Matt Kenseth in for pit repair. Also we stepped behind pit road, caught up with Derek Cope. Derek, what happened out on the racetrack? I uh, had a left rear tire come apart up in the banking, off into one, uh, off into three over there. Uh, you know, the thrifty rental car, Melling uh, Dodge ran great. I was tickled. This thing was really honking, and I was just kind of buying some time up there and uh, having a great time. But uh, left rear tire, a little tire trouble, and, uh, you know, we'll see if we can't uh, repair it enough to get some more points and uh, carry on to Rockingham. That's Derek Cope. Cope, unfortunately, a short day here at Daytona. It's like problems for Scott Riggs. The Valvoline car has some damage on the right side. And also for Jamie McMurray, the Haviland Dodge in its pit stall. They're under the hood. It's been there for a while. We'll follow up on those stories in a moment. Back at Daytona, working the second caution flag of the day when Derek Cope spun up in turn number four. Again, he was running in the seventh position at the time. Had a number of pit stops, and Tony Stewart has taken over the race lead over Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Michael Waltrip, 
and Kurt Busch. Tom Kelly is a chief uh, operating officer of exec and executive vice president of Nextel, the new sponsor of the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. And welcome aboard. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, it's really an honor and a pleasure for us to, uh, to come on as a sponsor. Uh, we're very excited about it. Uh, we've had lots of people working very hard for the last eight months and try to get ready for this, and uh, hopefully the fans are going to like it and they're going to accept it, but we know we've got a long way to go, too. It looks like you're doing it right, too. We see yellow everywhere, signage everywhere you look. Uh, the whole world has changed. It's now Nextel. Well, it is. The, the signage is great, but I think the most important thing that we have learned in the eight months with the, uh, the work that we've done, frankly, even back with the Winston folks, was to be sure that we were being respectful of what the experience has been for the fans and really to think in terms of what we can do for that relationship as, as time goes on. This is a sport about family and it's a sport about fans, and we're going to do our best to make sure that we can try to enhance that. You were just telling me a moment ago uh, when we were during the commercial break that this is the first Daytona 500 that you've attended. It's awesome, isn't it? It is awesome. Uh, frankly, the, the size of the track is what really stunned me when we came in here the other day. The other, frankly, the other races that I've attended mostly had been at smaller tracks, uh, Darlington being the primary one because I grew up in South Carolina. But uh, when we pulled in here and saw the size of this thing, I was just astounded. And when you watch these guys going around at those speeds, uh, it is absolutely incredible. I, mean, we're, I tell you, everybody at Nextel, and we've got several hundred people here to indoctrinate everybody this time, uh, they are so charged up over this. It has actually been a positive employee experience that only a few of our 17,000 people are getting to do. But as the race goes around the country, a lot more of them are going to get involved. Tom, stay with us. We're going back out of the green flag here. Let's get the restart as Tony Stewart leads them across the line. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Michael Waltrip all lined up double wide as they head off into the corner. Matter of fact, back for about fourth or three wide already. Indeed, they are shuffling the deck rather quickly as they look to get themselves some quick positions at the drop of the green flag. Elliot Sadler at the front of that pack steers his way around the Johnny Sauter machine, and he will lead the parade off the banking of turn two. Race leader Tony Stewart has a lot of work to do has a lot of cars to pass. Got some cars on the tail end of the lead lap directly ahead. Right now, Stewart is trapped in traffic. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks back. He sees a challenge from Jimmy Johnson. Earnhardt moves up the racetrack as they snake their way through traffic. And Tony Stewart's going to go three wide around the outside of Jimmy Spencer, Bobby Labonte, and others. But here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. Nobody up topside with Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart gets really squeezed up toward the outside wall. They stacked him three wide coming through the corner, and that's the way they remain as they cross the start-finish line. Jimmy Spencer down to his inside. Tony just looking for a little daylight anywhere to put that car and get out by himself. They go to one. A daring move by Stewart taking it three wide and he may try it again. He looks to the outside on the Ricky Rudd machine but this time can't find any room to work. He's just got to follow in the tire tracks. He'll draft behind Ricky Craven and Ricky Rudd. Meanwhile Jimmy Spencer in the middle with no drafting help as the leaders thunder by to the inside and outside. Again Tony Stewart looking for room to race on the back bumper of Ricky Rudd pushing him off the end of the super stretch again looking for room now going topside tony stewart once again three wide this time it's ricky rudd that's going to be in the middle this time though dale earnhardt jr will go with them here comes race leader tony stewart off of turn four now just five cars directly in front of race leader tony stewart he's got to get by them because that's allowing dale earnhardt jr and jimmy johnson to close it on him matter of fact jr is right up on his bumper they're working the outside lane of a three wide mix in turn one tony stewart to the outside line on that three wide battle right behind him is dale earnhardt jr 
looking for some room to race. Now it sorts out to two abreast as Tony Stewart goes after Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson now sweeps around, takes the top spot, falls in line behind that traffic, and they are stacked up three wide, about four rows deep from second on back. Got Stewart in second, Jr. in third. Here's Kevin Harvick down to the inside, and now Kurt Busch goes to the inside of Dale Earnhardt Jr. And here comes Kurt Busch to the inside of Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll get by him. He drives by Tony Stewart. Kurt Busch will pick up the draft of Jimmy Johnson. Tony Stewart would like to get down to that inside groove, get a little drafting help down there rather than be hung out on the high side, but he's not able to do it. Kurt Busch is challenging him right now as they cross the line, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. has thoughts of making it three wide. They go to one. Jr. takes a look up high, try to find some room to race. Can't find it right now. The battle continues to be Bush down low. Tony Stewart up high. Stewart with the advantage. Now Jr. may come up the middle. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. looking to make it three wide. This is the battle for the second spot now as Jr. bails out and fall in behind. Stewart keep the third spot now so it's Jimmy Johnson Tony Stewart Dale Earnhardt Jr. Stewart now to the outside going for the lead and Dale Earnhardt Jr. may follow Tony Stewart topside or he may split them both Jr. looking inside Tony Stewart and outside of Jimmy Johnson trying to make it three wide as they exit four Tony made it such a wide move going into turn number three and opened the inside lane for Jr. momentarily he had a look there but Stewart slams the door pulls back down in front of him now Jimmy Johnson pulls to the inside of the track he'll try to come back up because he's fallen back to third. Johnson down on the bottom of the racetrack trying to regroup now as he goes wheel to wheel with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Right in front of them it's Bobby Labonte to the inside on Tony Stewart. So it's Stewart, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Stacked up double wide now. Tony Stewart racing alongside his teammate Bobby Labonte not on the lead lap. Four cars directly ahead of the race leader. Elliot Sattler, Mike Skinner, Ricky Craven, Johnny Sauter. Then he get back to race leader Tony Stewart. Dale Earnhardt Jr. again looking three wide on Tony Stewart. Greg Biffle is in the mix as well. Jimmy Johnson is there. They exit turn number four. Johnson on the outside. Tony Stewart up top. Charging back down to the start-finish line. A complete lap number 43. Tom Kelly from Nextel still here watching the action. Your first Daytona 500. What do you think? Uh, I think it's, it's unbelievable. I, you know, just trying to keep up with the, the race cars and understanding who's in position is difficult enough when you uh, when you haven't been doing it. You guys are unbelievable. I don't see how you do it. Oh, we're just having a ball. It's <laughs> just a lot of fun. You know, what makes uh, associations like this work is the fun things you do, and obviously you guys are already into that with your special telephones you've come up with that look like the race cars and all. What other neat deals do you have coming for us? I think the, the most exciting thing that we've done for the Daytona has really been the Nextel experience. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I've, seen, I've been over there. Okay, but for the folks that are over there, uh, to be able to take those simulators and create an opportunity for people to have actually have sort of a driving experience. I mean, I did it. I got bumped from behind all day long. Uh, but that, I think, it, they also the pit. When I was there, it was amazing to watch people and the amount of attention they were paying, the interaction between them and the folks in the pit, learning and understanding about what was going on. It sort of made the whole experience much more uh, in-depth for them and gave people a great appreciation of what these people have to do and the time periods they have to do it. I think teamwork is the big issue. Yeah. I mean, tremendous teamwork, which is, you know, it's a mark of whether it's a business, a sport, or whatever. These guys have the best of it. Thanks a lot for coming by to join us today. We'll be seeing you around, I'm sure, as we travel around the country with the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. And, again, welcome aboard. Well, thank you very much, and we look forward to seeing both of you guys as often as we can. Okay, Tom Kelly, the uh, Chief Operating Officer and Executive Vice President of Nextel. We've completed 44 laps of the Daytona 500. Right now it's Jimmy Johnson leading the way as they're still working with some heavy traffic here coming back to the start-finish line. And there was smoke coming out of one car going off into the corner, Barney, a few moments ago. Here he comes down on pit road, and it's Kurt Busch coming in to make a stop. This is another Roush car, possibly with engine problems. Let's cover the stop. 
And it's uh, going to be a tire problem, Joe. Right side tire problem for Kurt Busch. Uh, the, the tire's not down. I can't see the tire's down from this vantage point, but they're pulling out a fender. So evidently, he got it, made contact with another race car on the racetrack, and uh, now they're pulling out that right front fender. But a costly, costly pit stop for Kurt Busch. Yeah, the way they've been bouncing around out there going into the corners, it's Marshall. very easy to get some sheet metal caved in on a tire. That's where the smoke came from. And Kurt Busch comes to pit road and will change tires, and he may go a lap down as here comes the field out of turn number four. Been a wild Daytona 500 thus far. 49 laps are complete of the 200 that will make up the Daytona 500. As we said, it is Jimmy Johnson, the leader, Earnhardt Jr., second, Tony Stewart, third, Matt Kenseth, fourth, Jeff Gordon, fifth, Brian Vickers having a good run. He is up to sixth. Kevin Harvick is seventh. Greg Biffle has made his way back toward the front of the field. He changed an engine, had to start this race all the way back at the tail end. He is up to eighth position. Give a call today. Blaney having a good run. He is ninth, and Michael Waltrip is 10th. 11th right now, Robbie Gordon. 12th is Joe Nemechek. Ryan Newman's 13th. Terry Labonte, 14th. And rookie driver Brendan Gaughan is running in 15th. Ward Burton, 16th. 17th is Rusty Wallace. Scott Wimmer, 18th. Jamie McMurray is 19th. And 20th is Jeff Green. 21st is John Andretti. Sterling Marlin, 22nd. Dale Jarrett, 23rd. Ken Schrader, 24th. Johnny Benson, 25th. Other cars on the lead lap include Kevin LePage. He's 26th. Kyle Petty, 27th, Jeremy Mayfield, 28th, and Elliott Sadler, 29th. Those are the cars on the lead lap at lap 50. Out of the race are the cars of Mark Martin. Jeff Burton is out. Derek Cope out of the race. Larry Foyd is out. And Casey Kane all behind the wall early in the running of the Daytona 500. Yeah, we understand that uh, Casey had an engine problem. We'll try to get a word with him here in just a few moments. But he has joined Larry Foyt, Derek Cope, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin in the attrition rate. It's a little bit high at Daytona compared to what we normally see here this early in the race with yeah. only a quarter of it complete. Tough going for some of these guys. And, again, the great American race, the one you want to win, the one you work for for months, and to be out this early, that is a heartbreaker. But a great battle going on up front. Again, Jimmy Johnson trying to hang on to the top spot, back and forth across the racetrack, trying to break the draft. Dale Earnhardt Jr. stacked up behind him. Tony Stewart losing touch with the front two. Dave Moody, they're starting to break away. Yeah, they are indeed. Tony Stewart has had his problems getting past Bobby Labonte, and there may be trouble ahead for the leaders as well. Jimmy Johnson and Dale Earnhardt Jr., they've got the lap car of Kurt Bush and Elliott Sadler in front of them. Sadler trying to cling to the tail end of the lead lap. Leaders come on to the back straightaway now. Race leaders up against the outside wall, now diving down to the inside. Here comes Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, the front three. Meanwhile, Matt Kenseth, he's trapped in traffic. He's got Casey Mears down low and Bobby Labonte directly ahead. He's got Jeff Gordon right behind him trying to push him by Bobby Labonte. That's Matt Kenseth running in the four spot. Then comes Jeff Gordon riding fifth. Bobby Labonte wanted to stay on the lead lap if possible, at least on the tail end of it. He's having trouble doing that right now as they cross the line and head back into turn number one, chasing Jimmy Johnson. Give a call to several drivers having a good run here in the early going of the Daytona 500. Rookie driver Brendan Gaughan showing a strong 14th. His uh, pit crew has done a good job getting him in and out. Scott Wemmer's running up there in 17th position. Jeff Green's having a pretty good day here. He is in 18th. And Jamie McMurray, who has a very strong race car, Joe, he has just had trouble getting up in that lead draft. Uh, circumstances that put him back in the field a time or two. I think he's got a car he can run with Earnhardt Jr. or anybody else. Got to stay with it. Still a long ways to go, but the day is over for several drivers. We mentioned Casey Kane. Steve Post is with him. Well, actually, Casey Kane, very, very frustrated here. The engine was, in fact, the culprit on the number nine Dodge dealer's Dodge, and Casey has uh, walked up into the transporter very, very frustrated with his uh, first run here. One of the Ray Bestest Rookie of the Year candidates was having a strong Daytona, but it all came up short here today. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. has just taken the top spot. He fought, takes over the lead. Now Jimmy Johnson and Tony Stewart battle for second. Tony Stewart grabs the inside line that was opened up by Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he'll try and ride it to second place. Stewart down low, up high. Jimmy Johnson give it to Stewart by a nose. Two Chevy side by side. Johnson now rallies back and draws even in the outside lane while race leader Dale Earnhardt Jr. tries to break the draft. He's going to work on Kurt Busch. Now they come off the end of the super stretch. Again, Stewart going after Johnson, trying to take second. Top three, nose to tail, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Tony Stewart. Now here comes Matt Kenseth on the top side of the racetrack, but it's Dale Earnhardt Jr., down low and out front. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has made the statement a couple of times during Speed Weeks 2004 that he can't get any drafting help. Nobody seems to want to work with me, and we had pointed out the way the car had been running, both in the Bush division and over here in the next Hell Cup. He didn't need any. Now, Michael Waltrip's been trying to get up there, and Dave Moody, if he does, that may be a really potent combination. If he gets up there, Barney, that'll be an instant replay of what we've seen so many times in the past, but right now, Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to do it all on his own as he leads him to the super strip. And so far, so good for Junior, but he can't get by Kurt Busch, the lap car, and then Elliott Sattler directly ahead of Busch, staying on the tail end of the lead lap. Here's Matt Kenseth to the outside of Tony Stewart, racing for the third position. Right in front of Jimmy Johnson and Bobby Labonte, Tony Stewart and Matt Kenseth behind them, Jeff Gordon. Tony Stewart down low, and Matt Kenseth thinking about making it three wide. Coming back down to the line, suddenly Matt Kenseth is in the mix as well. He's moved up to take over the third position as Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads across the line. Jimmy Johnson is second. Tony Stewart is third. Matt Kenseth falls to fourth. Jeff Gordon is fifth at lap 55. It has been a yellow flag day here at Daytona in the 500 this afternoon. We are barely at 73 laps, not even halfway in the event. We've already had four caution flags that has sent an awful lot of equipment to the garage area with with torn-up race cars. Michael Waltrip out of the event. Brian Vickers out of the event. Robbie Gordon out of the event. Ryan Newman got caught up in that accident over there along with Sterling Marlin and Jamie McMurray and Scott Riggs uh, are all in the garage area. See who else is in there. Rusty Wallace is parked for the day. Ken Schrader is out. Casey Kane is out. Derek Cope, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. Not a good day. This most recent incident occurring there about halfway down the back straightaway, and it looked like Michael Waltrip's car, Barney, when it uh, spun off the racing surface, hit the grass. It uh, looped a couple of times and kind of dug in in the dirt. That caused it to become airborne, and it flipped over several times. They're still over there trying to clean up the mess and uh, trying to get Michael out of the car. Let's go to Mike Bagley and see if he's got a bird's-eye view of what's happening there. Yeah, I'm Looking at the efforts right now, Joe, we got about five or six safety trucks gathered around the Napa Chevy, and it's still on its roof. The crews have pulled out some additional uh, equipment to help cut Michael out of the car, but right now they're continuing that process, and uh, they're still trying to uh, get Michael out of the Napa Chevy, and we'll let you know when that happens. Let's take a check down on Pit Road, Winston Kelly. Well, a lot of cars are several cars down here with some damage. Among those, John Andretti driving the post serials, uh, Maxwell House coffee machine, Terry Labonte, you'd mentioned. He got some damage. They got the pit board out to bring him back down pit road. Here comes uh, the Scott Wimmer machine, uh, going to bring him down. No, that's Derek Cope. The car's painted very similar. Uh, so a lot of the cars down here on this end of pit road, John Andretti, the damage to the right side of his machine. They pounded that out. Same thing with Johnny Sauter. He was one of the cars that got loose off the corner. His damage down the right side of that machine. The pit board is out for Brendan Gone. He's bringing it back down pit road. Just a little bit of cosmetic damage. 
to that machine. Here comes Terry Labonte one more time. He's going to be able to continue. Got a little bit of damage down the right side of his car. They're going to work on the right front of the Kellogg Chevrolet. So Terry Labonte is going to be able to continue, although he does have some cosmetic damage on the right front of the car. It looks like Sterling Marlin was involved in that crash yeah. also, and Ryan Newman got some of it as well. There were so many that got together there on the back straightaway. Hard to keep track, but let's see. My latest list here has Johnny Sauter, Terry Labonte, Scott Riggs, Michael Waltrip, Jamie McMurray, Robbie Gordon, Brian Vickers, Kevin LePage, Sterling Marlin, and Ryan Newman involved, and there may be more. Yeah, it collected an awful lot of cars over there in turn two. And Dave Moody, we've talked about this all week long during Speed Weeks 2004. That is that normally over there, when you come off that corner, you've got the car bound up so tight anyway, it, it's pulling toward the outside wall, pushing toward the outside wall, and if somebody touches you, touches your sheet metal, just you could probably take take your foot out there and kick a car and spin it out. Uh, that's exactly right, Barney, and, and when you get sideways, you have to drift up the racetrack. You have to turn the wheels right to try and get that car straightened back out. Johnny Sauter just did not have any room to take the corrective measures that were necessary to save that car. He got away with it, but the two guys on the outside did not. Let's check in in the garage. Well, the garage looks like a salvage yard down here. Robbie Gordon's car, a lot of damage. Also a lot of damage to the Altel Dodge. Tried to get a word with Ryan Newman, but he is literally under the car with a mallet trying to beat the uh, beat the quarter panels out, beat it off from the wheels because they want to try to get back out in this race. So a lot of damage down here in the garage area. John Andretti added to the list of those involved in the crash over there. That will bring us to a total, looks like now, of 11 cars involved in a crash at lap number 70 on the back straightaway, causing this the fourth caution of the day. Back at Daytona International Speedway, we're not quite at the halfway point of the Daytona 500, and uh, it's very busy in the garage with cars out of the race already, including Johnny Benson, Michael Waltrip's out, Brian Vickers, Robbie Gordon, also Ryan Newman out of the race, Sterling Marlin's back there, Jamie McMurray, Scott Riggs, Jeff Green, Rusty Wallace, and Ken Schrader, also Casey Kane, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin, Derek Cope is out, and Larry Foyt has been out for a while, but has come back out a number of laps down. This is not the way you want to start off the next hell season for 2004, that's for sure. The teams come here to Daytona hoping to get a little momentum and at least come out of here with a car in one piece, but it has not been that way. It's been kind of a demolition derby here in the early going in the Daytona 500 as the garage area is filled up with some 15 cars already that have had problems here. That's a, Not only is it a disappointment for the drivers, it's a disappointment for the teams. They work all winter. They come down here and test. They build these things. They tweak them. They, they work and work and work endless hours. And then their car gets caught up in an accident out there, sometimes not of their own making, sometimes of their own making. But in either case, the result is exactly the same. You come away from here with a really bad speed weeks. Yeah, it means a lot to come out of Daytona and get your season off to a good start with a good finish. When you leave Daytona and you got a last-place finish, a wrecked race car, and everybody completely demoralized because of the way things went, it uh, makes, uh, makes it kind of tough to bounce back and get your season started on a happy note. Right now, Kyle Petty is a race leader. One of the drivers who's done a great job here today so far is Jeff Gordon. Started back near the rear of the pack. He's moved up, has led a couple of times. Right now is in the second spot. Winston Kelly is in his pit. Well, and they just had an outstanding pit stop to get him up there. Talk to Robbie Loomis, the crew chief on the machine. Tell you what, it didn't take you guys long to get up to the front. What's he saying about the handling of the car? DuPont Chevrolet's been handling great all week. You know, just we want to hang on, get some good fortune all the way through the race. This pit crew, them guys are on fire. They got warmed up last week and really good to go today. Looks like the pit stop did get you out front now. Got anybody out there that you've drafted with so far that works particularly well with you other than your teammate? I tell you, we've had the best luck with Brian Vickers was helping us out a ton there. Drafted pretty well with Jimmy, and uh, he's still right up there with us. So we have to see we were pretty good there with Junior, but we like being ahead of him instead of behind him. 
I'll tell you what, they've uh, been to Victory Lane before. Robbie Loomis and the crew hoping to go there one more time while he's lined up behind Kyle Petty. He was the first off of pit road during that last round of pit stops. Tony Stewart's having a good day here also. Tony had uh, made no bones about it. He was not real happy with the car in the early going here in the practice sessions at Daytona. They've worked and worked and worked on his car, and it apparently has paid off. He's been able to stay up in the front of the field the better part of the day and has led quite a few laps of this race. Jim Phillips is over in his pit. Well, Greg Zipidelli's crew chief's here. Greg, looks like uh, just like Thursday, the car looks like it's handling awfully well. Yeah, this Home Depot Monte Carlo's running strong. Tony's doing a great job. Uh, he's blowing the pits. Uh, they've been on fire today. We're, it, that's important. It's going to be about track position when it comes down to it. Or green flag stops, and uh, we got a good race car. Uh, these guys worked pretty hard last night and this morning to get it uh, put back together after that little incident, and uh, proud of them. Um, this is what champions are made of, and this is a way to start the season. Has the car changed much at all? No, everything seems pretty good so far. We haven't made any changes at all. We've just been putting tires on it when we have the opportunity. Well, if they keep running like they're running right now, they're going to be a factor for this win, that's for sure. Yeah, Tony will certainly uh, be uh, in the mix when we get back here under the green flag, which will be very shortly. He's currently running in the third spot as we continue working a long caution for cleanup back on the back straightaway with uh, some 11 cars involved in a crash at lap number 70. Now let's take a moment and update where the Coca-Cola Racing family of drivers are currently running, brought to you by Coca-Cola, the official soft drink of NASCAR fans. Tony Stewart's in the second spot now. Kevin Harvick is seventh. Tenth is Elliott Sadler. Dale Jarrett's in the 11th position. Kyle Petty has now fallen back to 14th after making a pit stop. Bobby Labonte is 20th. Kurt Busch is 22nd. And Michael Waltrip is out of the race, shown in 29th. That's a quick look at where the Coca-Cola racing family of drivers are currently running as we approach lap 78 of the Daytona 500. Let's check back in the garage here and see if Steve Post has caught up with any more of the drivers that uh, were caught up in that latest accident over there. Steve? Well, down here at the infield care center, we know that they have brought Michael Waltrip into the care center. Brian Vickers has just walked out of the care center. And uh, quick, see if we can grab a word with Brian. Uh, Brian, you're walking out of here fine. Uh, obviously, you're all right. What happened out on the racetrack? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I have to thank GMAC, Chevy team. Uh, they did a great job. We had the best car we had all week. We went from 35th to top 10. We were running top 10 for a long time. Uh, I think the 30 car got a little loose, I'm not sure, and, and got into us. And then we got into 15, and it just kind of went from there, and it was a wild ride. But uh, I'm glad I'm all right. I hope all the other guys are okay. And, and I want to thank the president and all the fans for coming out today. That's Brian Vickers, unfortunately, a short day here at Daytona. He was having a good run for his first ever run in the Daytona 500. Our Grand Marshal has joined us in the booth here. Ben Affleck is here and had an opportunity to give the command, but uh, you were passed up for that. What happened? I ended up being, uh, yeah, they told me they were going to bump me, and I said, well, who's bumping me? And they said, the President of the United States. So <laughs> I said, okay. And that was the end of that uh, discussion. Pretty easy to take that, I'm sure. Yes, it was, definitely. But I still got to drive the face car, which was an enormous thrill, uh, really an incredible experience. You said you'd never been to Daytona before. You'd never seen a race here before. It, uh, what's your impression? Yeah, my impression is that it, it, just watching it on television, you don't uh, have a sense of the scope of the event, of the energy, of the magnitude of people here. It's, it, it really is an extraordinary thing. I've been to a number of Super Bowls, and I would say uh, they, they seem less impressive than this event. Wow. Looks like you're having a good time. You and Whoopi Goldberg down there meeting the drivers when they were introduced? We were, we were. We were talking to the drivers and the guys in the, in the pit, and uh, I'm having a blast. I mean, and I'm a, I've been an NASCAR fan, so this is a fan's dream come true. You guys have the best view in the house, though, as far as I can tell. Yeah, oh, we yeah. got a good seat and get paid for it. You can't beat that. <laughs> Not at all. What's going on with your career these days? Well, i got a movie coming out called Jersey Girl, which will be out March 12th, and uh, I'm very excited about it. And... Uh, 
After that, I'm doing a movie called Glory Road about the Texas Western basketball team in 1965 that won the championship. And, and other than that, I'm just trying to uh, take in as many races as I can. Great, great. Hope you can come back and join us for some more. We've got plenty more to go this year. This is the first one. I know. It's, it's exciting. And I, I think, I for one, think the new point system uh, will make it more exciting. So I'm excited to see some of the races at the end of the year as well. So it, uh, there's one in California, Labor Day. And mm-hmm. uh, I expect to catch a few more. So you're a NASCAR fan. I am. I'm a fan. You know, I uh, got involved with it. Like, I think, you know, you see the growth of the sport. I'm from Boston, and it's not a traditional NASCAR region, but as the sport has expanded, you know, people have been exposed to it in other areas and, I, and gotten turned on by it, and I count myself among them. Well, we're very glad that you're here with us and hope you have a good race the rest of the afternoon and enjoy it. They're getting ready to go back to green. They were just given the indication the green is about to come back out. Well, I'm going to get back to Washington. Thank you, gentlemen, so very much. Thank come, you for come stopping back to by. see us anytime. I sure will. Ben Thanks. Affleck is the uh, Grand Marshal today of the 46th running of the Daytona 500. We are getting ready to go back under the green flag as the field works behind the pace car over to turn number four. Up on the banking now it is Jeff Gordon who has taken over the race lead. Jeff Gor- or rather Tony Stewart is in the second spot. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is third. Dave Blaney is having a great day in Bill Davis's Wheeland Engineering car. He's fourth. Jimmy Johnson's fifth. And Matt Kenseth is now in the sixth position. Kevin Harvick seventh. Joe Nemechek is eighth. Rookie driver Scott Wimmer is in the ninth spot. And Elliot Sadler is tenth. Eleventh is Dale Jarrett. Twelfth is Greg Biffle. Rookie Brendan Gaughan having a good day as well. He's in the 13th spot. Rest of the top 15 now include Kyle Petty. He's 14th. And John Andretti running in the 15th position. Pace car is on pit road. Green flag comes back in the air, and Jeff Gordon will set sail. Kurt Busch is the first car a lap down to the inside of the leader as they haul it off into turn number one, and Kurt's going to try and get himself a lap back, and Jeff Gordon trying to keep him from doing it. They go to two. Ford versus Chevrolet battle here. Tony Stewart doing everything he can to help Jeff Gordon. He literally pushes Gordon off into turn one and two. Not going to help him a whole lot, though. Kurt Busch has got the advantage on the inside. Smoke off the Johnny Sauter machine. He's got a tire rub to the back stretch. Fender out in front for Kurt Busch at the front of the field now, but the draft begins to kick in on the outside lane. Here comes Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart. Hooked up well. Gordon goes by Busch with Stewart pushing Gordon to three. Yeah, Tony Stewart just simply pushing Jeff Gordon Gordon to the top spot and around Kurt Busch. A couple of pretty good cars, though, a lap down. Kurt Busch and Ricky Rudd among them. But it's Jeff Gordon leading off four. Coming back off turn number four, Jeff Gordon holds the point. They work the outside lane. Tony Stewart goes with him there. Still got some of the slower cars down on the inside. I shouldn't say slower, just not on the lead lap. And the first of those is Kurt Busch. He's working hard to get some drafting help to pull up there and get a chance at getting that lap back. Not getting the help he needs, though, as those lead lap cars just go thundering by on the outside. At the front, it's Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dave Blaney in fourth. Front five cars have now cleared the lap traffic, and they begin to hook up in a single-file formation led by... Jeff Gordon waiting for someone to step out of line. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks down to the inside. Nothing there. He'll follow Tony Stewart now. They race second and third. And Dave Blaney running in that four spot. Then Jimmy Johnson, Matt Kenseth trying to get by his teammate, Kurt Busch, running a lap down. Up front, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart. Despite all the cars that we have seen go to the garage area due to accidents, blown engines, and everything else here this afternoon, there are still some 20 cars on the lead lap, and the competition still very stout at the front of the field. Jeff Gordon trying to hold off Tony Stewart. Both of them better look back in that rearview mirror. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is breathing right down their tailpipe over in turn two. Jr. throws the fake to the outside of Tony Stewart. Tony moves up a notch. Jr. dives to the bottom. Tony moves down. They'll remain single file to the super stretch. Lined up now is Dale Earnhardt Jr. running in third. Looks back. See Dave Blaney in fourth. Also Jimmy Johnson in fifth. Then the lap car of Kurt Busch. And then behind that, they're side by side. Kevin Harvick and Matt Kenseth door to door. That's the battle for the sixth spot. It's Kevin Harvick down low. He's got drafting help from Ricky Rudd up 
up top, it's Matt Kenveth. But up front, the leader, single file, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon brings it back down to the line with Tony Stewart right on his bumper. Let's go to the infield care center. Joe, we've caught up with Michael Waltrip. Michael has walked out of the care center. Looks like he's doing all right. Michael, are you all right? And what happened? What did you see out there? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know why I keep saying what happened. I don't even know. Somebody said a couple of guys got together and squeezed me into the fence. So it's just disappointing to have a good car and a chance to win another one and see it go up like that. You've had some wild rides, but how how does that compare to it? It was kind of crazy, you know. uh, But as a race car driver, you understand it's not the safest thing in the whole world to do and maybe not the sanest. But when you stop, you just look for help. You know, you want a little help to get you out and, I tried to explain to the safety workers, just roll the car over so I could get out. And uh, they decided they'd try to cut bars. I don't know what they thought they were cutting. So I had to argue with them by about, for about 10 minutes while I was squeezed in a box that a guy 5'6 probably shouldn't be in. But um, it all, all right, worked out done. right, so I shouldn't be too uh, bitter, I guess. That's Michael Waltrip, very disappointed here today in Daytona. And the good news is he is okay out of the event, very disappointed, as you said. Three wide for the lead in turn one. Jimmy Johnson on the bottom, Jeff Gordon in the middle, Tony Stewart on the outside for the lead. And they'll stay that way onto the super stretch. Matter of fact, they are knotted up about three wide, four rows deep. Now it thins out up front. Stewart to the top spot. Gordon to second. Now they're side by side for third. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the middle. He's three wide. He looks to his inside. Greg Biffle is there, looks outside, and Dave Blaney, they may make it four wide before they're done, but it's Tony Stewart off four. Side by side behind Tony Stewart, though, and he's glad to see that because that means they're not going to catch him very quickly unless they get that draft going again. And the inside lane, that's what's happening. Jimmy Johnson's got the help. They work down low trying to chase down Tony Stewart. He's got a rear view mirror full of drafting help in the person of Greg Biffle. Jeff Gordon, the third place car on the outside lane battling with Biffle. Then it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dave Blaney side by side. Ford and Chevy door to door now as you got Greg Biffle with drafting help from Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the inside lane. Meanwhile, up top, got Jeff Gordon and also one other car stacked up with drafting help. That's the Dave Blaney car giving Gordon the boost as it's Gordon and Biffle door-to-door for third. Third spot is up for grabs. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to look underneath Greg Biffle. That's the battle for the third spot. Biffle's got it. Gordon on the outside. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dave Blaney. 20 cars are on the lead lap, and 19 of those are racing right at the front of the field, chasing Tony Stewart as he comes down and crosses the line and heads back into turn number one. Greg Biffle has just grabbed third place as they cross the line and work back to one. Biffle flexing some muscle downstairs in that Ford, but he's got a handful of Jeff Gordon on the outside lane. Jimmy Johnson slides up the track in second place, opens the door down low. Here comes Greg Biffle with drafting help on the inside. Biffle on the charge down low, trying to steal away the second spot now, racing side by side with Jimmy Johnson. Johnson tries to squeeze Biffle down low. Biffle will bow, bypass him on the backstretch. Matter of fact, Biffle grabs the second position. And for four spot, they are three wide. Kevin Harvick, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. They will stay that way as they exit off of turn number four. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. Harvick works the outside lane. Matt Kenseth pulls up behind him. That'll offer some drafting help. But again, the outside lane has not paid very big dividends here today. Tony Stewart is the leader at lap 87. Greg Biffle has moved all the way back up to second. Jimmy Johnson's third. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is fourth. Jeff Gordon is now in fifth. 
Tony Stewart continues leading the way in the Daytona 500, but they've been shuffling positions behind him. Three wide the last time at the end of the back straightaway. They settled down a little bit this time, Mike Bagley. No, maybe not for long, Joe. Greg Biffle is on the move. He's looking for the lead. Tried it halfway down the back straightaway. Couldn't find room to race. He'll follow Stewart with Earnhardt Jr. behind him. Running right behind him, Kevin Harvick. Then comes Jimmy Johnson. Then a good battle between Dave Blaney, Jeff Gordon, and Matt Kenseth. They'll go double file off four. Greg Biffle started. He won the pole here for the Daytona 500. Had to go to the tail end of the field due to an engine change and is proving he has got a very strong race car. And obviously he remembers how he won the Pepsi 400 here last year because his driving style pretty much the same. Get up there, stay in the lead draft, and try to lead this thing. That's what he's trying to do right now. He rides in the number two position. He's got a rear view mirror full of Dale Earnhardt Jr. in third, fourth to Kevin Harvick. Then comes Jimmy Johnson in fifth. Now Dale Earnhardt Jr. takes a step out of line. He wanted the second spot. Couldn't find the room to make the move. Gets back in line. Front five cars, single file. Stewart, Biffle, Earnhardt Jr., Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson. Behind them comes Jeff Gordon, Dave Blaney, Matt Kenseth, and others. Good battle back there for the sixth spot. Up front, though, top five, nose to tail. Tony Stewart leading Greg Biffle. All those front six cars working right down at the bottom of the track. Coming off turn number four, back to the start-finish line. In the trioval, here's Kevin Harvick peeking down to the inside for an opportunity. Sees he would run out of the racetrack if he moved down there. He'll snap back in line. Up front, though, Greg Biffle takes a peek to the high side. Looking high, looking low. Greg Biffle just kind of testing the waters or perhaps trying to talk Dale Earnhardt Jr. into going with him on one of these moves. So far, no takers, and as a result, they'll all stay single file. Biffle again looks to the top side of the racetrack off turn two, trying to mount the charge using the outside lane. Finding no room to race, Biffle falls in line behind Stewart. Now Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks back. He starts to feel a challenge from Kevin Harvick in fourth. Kevin Harvick looking to the outside of the racetrack, not close enough yet to make anything happen. Jimmy Johnson's going to pull up behind Kevin Harvick now. Then comes a lap machine of Kurt Busch and Jeff Gordon. We'll be seven laps away from the halfway point when the leader crosses the line heading down right now. Tony Stewart will have seven laps to the halfway point and that will be 100 laps completed here at Daytona. For the moment they have settled down a little bit and I'm sure down on pit road those crews who have been watching him go around this racetrack in those three wide drafts kind of like to see that. Let's uh, take a sweep for the pits right now. Brought to you by Craftsman, the official tools of NASCAR. Winston Kelly. Well, let's talk to Jim Long, the crew chief on Terry Labonte's machine. Had a little bit of damage under that last caution flag. What's Terry saying about the car? He hasn't really said too much about the car. He's pretty neutral right now. He's just hanging out there. They're driving kind of wild in front of him. That's the good news. And in, uh, in a way, even though he's kind of back in the pack, he's had a little bit of damage to the right side of the machine under that last caution flag. So Terry opting like some of the guys that we talked to in yesterday's NASCAR Bush Series race to kind of lay back there. We're not even to halfway. So Terry Labonte's car is running awfully well, but he's just going to kind of hang back in the back. Now down to the midsection and Jim Phillips. Well, let's talk to Todd Berry, who's the crew chief for Kevin Harvick. Todd, right now you're getting in the hunt. Yeah, car's been pretty good. You know, we just uh, been kind of riding along here. Been a little bit tight the whole day. Got it a little better, a little better. But uh, just trying to stay out of trouble and run this race. You know, it's a long race. We ain't even halfway yet. So we're just trying to trying to not take no uh, chances and see what we can do here towards the end. That's Todd Barrier, crew chief for Kevin Harvey. I think uh, a lot of teams right now are in that mode of, of trying to just take it easy and uh, get to the halfway point and then begin their process of trying to win the great American race. Steve Post. 
Down on this end of pit road, Dale Jarrett, not saying one word, really likes the way the car is driving right now. Matt Kenseth, likewise, he raced up front a little bit, dropped back just a little bit, but still very, very strong, has not said a word about that race car. Ward Burton having a good run in the Net Zero Chevrolet, currently running in 11th spot. They made some changes that last time. He wasn't all that happy with it. Next time down, they're going to change it back and try to make that car better. And Joe, it's got to be a frustrating day, at least at this point of the race, for the Wood Brothers team right now. Ricky Rudd, who is back there in 23rd position, he's being shown a lap down to the leaders. The uh, situation has just not presented itself for him to get back up there and get that lap back. And he had a good race car. He said all week long, I've got a car that can run with anybody out there. He stood out during the winter test session. He was great in qualifying last week. He's been good in all the practice sessions this week. Had a good run in his qualifying race on Thursday afternoon. But, yeah, they lost a lap early on and have just not been in a position to get back on the lead lap. Currently, we're showing 20 cars on the lead lap. As we approach the halfway point of the Daytona 500, just four laps away, here are those lead lap cars. Tony Stewart, Greg Biffle, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Jeff Gordon. That's the top five. Sixth is Dave Blaney, Kevin Harvick seventh, Matt Kenseth is eighth, ninth is Scott Wimmer, and tenth is Elliott Sadler. Joe Nemechek's in 11th, Ward Burton is 12th, Brendan Gaughan is 13th, Bobby Labonte 14th, Casey Mears 15th, and 16th is Dale Jarrett. Terry Labonte 17th, Kyle Petty 18th, John Andretti 19th, and Jeremy Mayfield is shown in the 20th position. Again, those are the cars currently on the lead lap. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 on MRN Radio is brought to you in part by Coca-Cola. Let's make it real. By Raybestos, the best in brakes, certified for your safety. By Ford, the official truck of NASCAR is built Ford Tough. And by Craftsman, the official tools of NASCAR and the NHRA. Available at Sears. Craftsman makes anything possible. Sears, where else? We have just passed the halfway mark in the 2004 edition of the Daytona 500. Tony Stewart is the race leader. We've had 12 lead changes among six different drivers, four caution flags today. One of those, the big one, with about 11 cars involved that came out on lap number 70. We're showing now 20 cars currently running on the lead lap. Stewart in control, Barney, but not by much. He's got plenty of company there. Well, he's not been able to shake anybody. Everybody's been able to hang with him, everybody being Greg Biffle, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, and Dave Blaney. A pretty tight draft on the leader as he works across the line and heads back into turn number one. Winston Kelly, I was just kind of looking at at the last round of pit stops, came up at about lap 72. We're at lap 101 right now. Should we see them on pit road here shortly? I would say you're going to see them in about five laps. We figure that they're going to go somewhere around 34, 35 laps. They may be some guys that can stretch it as far as 37 or 38 laps, but typically what we heard earlier uh, in the day that folks are going to go about 34, 35 laps. So should see them in about another five or six laps, Barney. And one thing we don't expect to see is any two-tire stops. We saw a number of those last year, but with the change in the compound of the tire, we look for four-tire stops and topping it off with fuel here somewhere in about the next five laps or so. We'll be watching for that. Meanwhile, we're watching down the back straightaway. Had a change of positions back there. Jimmy Johnson got kicked out of the draft. He's going to lose some spots as they cross the line. Not Jimmy. I'm Correct me on that. It was Greg Biffle who got kicked out of the draft up there, and Jimmy Johnson drives all the way up to second place, brings Jeff Gordon with him. Earnhardt Jr. still fourth, and Greg Biffle fifth. They go over to turn two. Greg Biffle got hung up behind the lap car of Johnny Sauter. Barney ducked down low trying to get a draft off Sauter to pick up a position, but didn't have enough room to get back in line. It cost him a couple of spots. Traffic stacks up from second on back. Got Jimmy Johnson there, Jeff Gordon. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. Now Greg Biffle falls in line in fifth. They all work single file now off the end of the super stretch. Running into sixth spot now, Dave Blaney, then the lap machine of Kurt Busch. Then comes the rookie, Scott Wimmer, then Matt Kenseth. But up front, it's single file. Tony Stewart leading Jimmy Johnson. Now Dale Earnhardt Jr. breaks out of line. A couple of rookie drivers having a very good run in their first ever Daytona 500. Jeff mentioned Scott we- uh, Scott Wimmer. He's running in the seventh position. Brendan Gaughan having a good day. He's running 14th. Other rookies not having such a good day. Brian Vickers was in the top ten. He was caught up in that crash on the back straightaway. Brian is out of the event, shown currently in 32nd. Also, Johnny Sauter was caught up in that crash. He scored back in the 26th position. And Casey Kane had an engine problem that put him out early this afternoon. He is currently scored in the 41st position. Hey, don't forget the NASCAR Bush Series still has a race to run tomorrow here at Daytona. Rained out yesterday after 31 laps. The Hershey's Kisses 300 resumes at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Motor Racing Network has the live coverage at 10.45 Eastern Time. We'll pick it up at lap number 32, take it all the way. It's supposed to be a beautiful day here tomorrow in Central Florida. Then next week, matter of fact, in just a few days, we head up north, at least a further north than this, to uh, North Carolina Speedway at Rockingham. It is a running of the Subway 400 and the Goodies Headache Powder 200 for the NASCAR Bush Series. Our coverage here on the Motor Racing Network starts on Friday afternoon with Bud Pole qualifying updates at 3 Eastern time. We'll have the Bush Series on Saturday at 12.30 Eastern and the Subway 400 NASCAR Nextel Cup Series race on Sunday, 12.30 Eastern time. Ticket office is open. They've got some great seats remaining, so join us if you can at the North Carolina Speedway next weekend. If not, we'll have it for you here on the Motor Racing Network. Six-car breakaway at the front of the field right now as they head up to turn four. Battle's going to be on for the second position. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to get a fender inside of Jimmy Johnson. Pulls down to the inside. Jr. does, but it's not to try to make a pass. It's to come down the pit lane. He'll make a stop at lap 105. He, Tony Stewart, also the car of Greg Biffle will come in. Those are the only three. Now further back, here's Bobby Labonte and Dale Jarrett and Ricky Craven also coming in. Rest of the cars stay on the track. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And Tony Stewart's crew getting to the right... Tires off, right side tires off, two pumps on the jack now around the left side. First can of fuel is in. Greg Biffle is in. He's getting fuel, right side tires, and uh, there's a car in front of Winston Kelly. And that's uh, Ricky Craven, who's a lap down. He's getting right side tires. It looks like Tony Stewart is going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. off of pit road. Greg Biffle is going to pull around and beat Dale Earnhardt Jr. off of pit road as well. So it's Stewart, then Biffle, then Earnhardt Jr. The pit boards are going out for some of the rest of the guys on this end of pit road, including Terry Labonte and Jeff Gordon. Steve Post, any cars in front of you? Two cars pitted down here on this end of pit road. Bobby Labonte was in with the interstate battery Chevrolet. It was four tires and fuel. They also scraped the hood because they had a hole in the front of it earlier on, but that looks like that problem is all right. Dale Jarrett was in. It was four tires and fuel. Also a chassis adjustment on the UPS Ford. Here come a few more cars. Casey Mears is in. Also, Terry Labonte will make a stop at lap 106 to Winston Kelly. Kellogg Chevrolet coming to the attention of Jim Long and the crew. They're going to pump it up on the right side, put in that first can of Sunoco fuel. They're going to make a track bar adjustment. One round, been just a tick tight. Now they come around to the left side, pump it up, pull off the left side tires. A good, smooth stop. We heard Jim Long tell us earlier that Terry just kind of content to sit back there in the pack and run strong. 14.94 seconds the stop for Terry Labonte. The leader, Jimmy Johnson, has not been on pit road. Neither has Dave Blaney or Scott Wimmer or Jeff Gordon or Matt Kenseth as they work their way back over into turn two. Leaders coming off the banking still 
foregoing that pit stop for the moment. Jimmy Johnson with clear sailing at the moment. He's got a car length in hand over Dave Blaney. Then the car of Kurt Busch right behind. Nose to tail. They will work to the outside now. The Casey Mears car. Jimmy Johnson, two car lengths in hand over the Dave Blaney car. Then the lap car of Kurt Busch. Then Bobby Labonte and others now as they work off the end of the super stretch and head to three. Dave Blaney running in that second spot. Several other cars going a lap down. Along with them that are running up with the leaders, Jeff Gordon. But here comes Jimmy Johnson peeling off the banking. He's headed to pit road. Johnson slows, gets on the brakes now, coming off turn number four. He'll hit the pit lane along with Dave Blaney. A host of others will come in and make their stops at lap 108. Here they come rolling slowing those cars down to make their stops. Johnson, Dave Blaney, Kurt Busch, a lap down car. Also Jeff Gordon, Ward Burton, or rather Scott Wimmer and others. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. And here's Blaney. Right side tires doing a great job this afternoon. Also in Kevin Harvick right behind him. And Elliot Sadler is in along with Kurt Busch. They're around the left side on Busch's car. Harvick seems around the left side. So is Blaney's. And Kurt Busch is going to come out of the pits first. Jimmy Johnson, one round on the track bar, just a little bit tight. He pulls away, 17 seconds. Not the stuff they were looking for. He's going to pull out behind Jeff Gordon and Kurt Busch. Four tires and fuel. Mike Skinner on pit road. Scott Wimmer was here. Rusty Wallace back in the action. He's on pit road as well. Swing it out of speed post. Right now, pitting on the speedway, Matt Kenseth brings the DeWalt Ford into the crew. It's going to be four tires and fuel for Kenseth. Also pitting on that last lap, Joe Nemechek, Ward Burton made a chassis adjustment. Kyle Petty having a strong run, running out here on the lead lap. He came in, he got four tires and fuel as Matt Kenseth is down and away on this end of pit road. So everybody now has made a pit stop, and we'll set the running order for you when we come back. Let's tell you how they're running and the situation on the racetrack is these pit stops were pretty scattered out. They were all made under green flag conditions. Tony Stewart goes back into the lead. Greg Biffle is right behind him in the number two position, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is also there. A little further back is Jeff Gordon, as a matter of fact, but behind the front three, Jeff Gordon is about two, two full seconds behind that pack of traffic. So is Jimmy Johnson, who rides fifth, and Scott Wimmer is a couple of seconds back also. Even further back in seventh place after this round of pit stops, about three and a half seconds behind the leader, Tony Stewart, is Kevin Harvick, Dave Blaney, Elliot Sadler, and Joe Nemechek to make up the top ten. Matt Kenseth is now showing some four seconds behind the leaders. Bobby Labonte also about four and a half seconds behind back in 12th. Dale Jarrett's 13th. Casey Mears is 14th. And Brendan Gaughan is 15th. But Joe was still an awful lot of racing left. 87 more laps to go. They've got plenty of time to get back up there. If we have another caution, they all bunch right back up. You know what makes it interesting, Barney, is there's a lot of names in that group of cars that are currently still on the lead lap. Let's say they're 19 deep now with Terry Labonte being the last of those. A lot of names of folks that would be upset winners if they were to take the victory here in the Daytona 500. And as I say that, Air Force One just taken off over the racetrack. Uh, President George W. Bush has been here all that time watching the Daytona 500 just now on his way back to the nation's capital. It really made it a special day. It really did, and uh, I think he enjoyed himself. And, and, you know, for the job and the pressure he's under 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, I'm sure just a few hours to get out and do something like this is a welcome relief. And he was so laid back and so nice and friendly. You know, you wouldn't expect the most powerful man in the world to just be so friendly as he was. Well, he did make the day special for all of us. Jamie McMurray is on pit road. He makes a schedule stop, I assume, and goes back onto the racetrack. We were giving you the top 20 a moment ago. Let's run a little further back right now. We are at 113 laps, and Kurt Busch is 21st. 22nd is Ricky Rudd. 
kind of a disappointing day for Ricky not to be able to get that lap back that he lost earlier this afternoon. But he, too, has plenty of time to get back up there and be a player in this thing. Ricky Craven is 23rd. Mike Skinner is 24th. Jimmy Spencer has moved up to 25th. Johnny Sauter is 26th. Johnny Benson's 27th. And Larry Foyt is 28th. Uh, out of the event, Scott Riggs, 29th, and Kevin LePage make up the top 30. And the majority of the cars from there on back have been in the garage area. Rusty Wallace came back out onto the speedway, and Rusty has made several laps. And I figured up when he came back out, if he can make 12 laps out there, he'll at least pick up a couple of positions on some of those cars that were damaged and have been out a lot longer than he has. And, of course, everybody's thinking, even though it's early in the season, the very first race, about the run for the championship at season's end. You know, the new system that's been put into effect uh, beginning this year. The uh, first uh, 26 races setting up for the final 10 race shootout. And being in the top 10, if you check back in the, in the history books, there's never been a time in the history of NASCAR when with 10 races to go, there were 10 drivers with a chance of winning the championship. And this year, that's going to be the case. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to, to clean the scoreboard, so to speak. And you've got 10 guys that start off dead even point-wise for the final 10 races of the season. That is going to add a new twist to it. There's no doubt about that. At the front of the field, Tony Stewart getting pressured right now by Greg Biffle and Dale Earnhardt Jr. We'll pick up that battle in turn one. Tony Stewart has continued to show the way, but he's not had a lot of breathing room, Barney. Greg Biffle has been right there, Dale Earnhardt Jr. as well, and now there's more company come to call. Kurt Busch, a lap down, has led that second draft up onto the tail feathers of the front three, including Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. All working the outside lane, trying to get by some of the lap traffic down low. They will work off the end of the super stretch now as Greg Biffle takes a look to the high side for the lead, finds nothing there gets back in line of that tight formation heads to three. Tony Stewart, Greg Biffle Dale Earnhardt Jr., the lap machine of Kurt Busch, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson nose to tail as they exit four. Just a couple of laps ago it was a three car breakaway now they've got some company now as the lap car of Kurt Busch leads the pack of lead lap cars including Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson up to catch the front three. They're catching even more traffic now in turn one. Indeed they are some slower traffic dead ahead. The Jeremy Mayfield machine will give way on the bottom of the racetrack. Tony Stewart climbs the banking. He'll make his way around the Mayfield Dodge. Right there, hounding his tire tracks. Greg Biffle, Dale Jr. looking low. But can't make the move because lap traffic is in the way. Instead, Earnhardt's going to squeeze three wide now as Biffle gets hung out to dry. Earnhardt, Biffle, side by side for second now as they work the banking. Tony Stewart with about a three-car length advantage. Now Dale Earnhardt Jr. is on the bottom side of the racetrack with no drafting partners. Greg Biffle trying to charge back around the top side. 117 laps on the board, about 118 coming up right now when the leader crosses the start-finish line. And all of a sudden, Tony Stewart, who felt like he might have it made out there, he's got a host of drivers hounding him now. Greg Biffle, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Jimmy Johnson. Four cars at the front of the field. Tony Stewart, the leader. Greg Biffle, second. Dale Earnhardt Jr., third. And Kevin Harvick is fourth. But a heck of a scramble going on at fifth place in turn two. That is for fifth. Scott Wimmer, the rookie, down to the inside of Jeff Gordon. Leads him to the backstretch. Gordon's got shuffled to the outside lane. He's losing the draft now as the draft forms up underneath him. Wimmer makes the move. Blaney will flash by Jeff Gordon. Gordon now getting the shuffle backward in turn three. And now here comes Jimmy Johnson, Elliot Sadler, and Matt Kenseth. Scott Wimmer's already gotten by. Blaney trying to do the same as they continue to work on Jeff Gordon. Great shuffling going on in that lead draft here as they come back to the start-finish line, but no one able to do a whole lot with Tony Stewart. He continues to lead the way in the 46 Daytona 500. Packed house on hand today. The President of the United States has been here. Everyone's having a great time. The weather's good, and no one's happier than Robin Bragg, the President of Daytona International Speedway. What a great day. Oh, 
Well, it's been so wonderful, and I want to thank the race guests that are listening here on site. Thank you, and we're sorry if there's a little inconvenience, but it was for the president, and we are so proud to have him here. That made it so special. It really did, and thank you for everyone. And uh, if you go on to Daytona500.com, you can get your tickets for the Pepsi 400 coming up July 6th, and we hope fans are looking that far out. I think what they're seeing today, and, and great racing, which you've come to know and love here at Daytona International Speedway, to know no matter if it's February or July, it's always a fantastic show here. And, and things are a little bit different in July. The night race, the nighttime, the summertime, the beach is at full swing. The weather is typically a whole lot better than it is here in February. Exactly, and we invite everyone to come down, call 1-800-PIT-SHOP, log on to Daytona500.com, and thank you, MRN, for all your support. And do I have the headset on that the president has? That's exactly where we stand. Right uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> that made it very special. Robin, thanks a lot for all your help in the, making this a very great weekend. And, again, we look forward to coming back in July for the Pepsi 400. It's on July 3rd. Make your ticket plans now. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. There are 77 laps remaining in the Daytona 500, and Tony Stewart is going to try to score this one. He's been leading a majority of the time here today, continues with the point, but Dale Earnhardt Jr., the king of super speedways, is right on his rear deck. Scott Wimmer is up to third now. Greg Biffle is fourth. Dave Blaney is fifth. That lead draft heads up to turn one. And the side-by-side battle is for third. Wimmer on the bottom of the racetrack under attack from Greg Biffle. Down the inside. Biffle tries to make the move. Can't make it happen now as they work around the lap traffic. Here comes Biffle racing now in the third spot. Wimmer charges hard down low. Wimmer by a fender out in front trying to steal the spot away. All of this up in turn number three. Scott Wimmer trying to pick up the third spot from Greg Biffle. Behind him, Dave Blaney and Kevin Harvick. Up front, it's Tony Stewart. Tell you what, Scott Wimmer has looked good here all afternoon. He's putting on a heck of a show. He's got a very strong race car, and he's not taking any guff from anybody, so to speak, right now as Greg Biffle tries to work on him along with Kevin Harvick. That's going to be a good race right now to turn one. Scott Wimmer can't keep up in the experience race, but on the racetrack, he's doing a heck of a job in his rookie start in the Daytona 500. He pulls away from the two behind him as they continue to battle for position. It's Kevin Harvick now going down low on Greg Biffle. Harvick with the fender on in front now sweeps up in front of Greg Biffle and will steal that spot away. Now the lane is left open down low. Here's Dave Blaney. Blaney and Biffle side by side, but Kenseth now gives drafting help to Biffle in three. This is the battle for the fifth spot. Greg Biffle's got it, but Dave Blaney and Jimmy Johnson down low want it. Biffle rim riding around with help from Matt Kenseth and Jeff Gordon. Lead draft works off turn four, back into the trioval, completing lap 126. Gives us 74 laps remaining. Tony Stewart continues to lead the Daytona 500. Not a lot of changes. That lead draft has kind of settled down for the time being, and it's broken up somewhat. Uh, they were up there kind of dicing it around for the top spot, but currently things stay basically the same with Tony Stewart. Got uh, just about a car-length lead over Dale Earnhardt Jr. They'll tighten up every now and then. Scott Wimmer having a very good run for Bill Davis Racing here today in his first Daytona 500. He's third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Greg Biffle is fifth. Dave Blaney is having an excellent day here. This is a one-race deal they put together with Bill Davis Racing. Blaney, of course, was uh, formerly driving the Jasper Engines uh, car last year, and that, of course, became the Kodak Dodge at uh, Penske Racing. They bought into that deal with uh, Doug Bovel, and uh, Brendan Gone came over. Dave Blaney, the odd man out, and he is making a very good showing for himself today. Jim Phillips is over in that pit. Yes, we are, Joe. The street chief, uh, Philippe Lopez. Philippe, uh, Dave has given that car quite a ride today. Yeah, he's been doing a great job all day long. It's just been a little bit tight. We're trying to get it freed up for these last couple runs, but um, this car's been running awesome. It's been running awesome all week. Okay, now, when it comes down to it, 
When do you get into that race mode to go for it? Uh, 50 laps to go or maybe a little less than that? We just want to set them up to have a good run for that last set of tires. Basically, the last 30 laps. If we can get in a position to, to be in the top 10 then, then it's every man for himself. It sure is. They're doing a great job. And uh, like Joe said, it's uh, one race deal, but uh, they it could be more after today. A lot of teams are having a real good run here this afternoon, and he is just one of those. Now, right now, there are a lot of cars that could still get up there and challenge for a win here. They just need they have lost the lead draft. There's about five or six cars up in that lead pack, and the distance was so big after this round of green flag pit stops, even though the draft really pulls you to the front here, it's uh, almost impossible between pit stops to gain eight or ten seconds on, a, on the leaders like it has so far. Brendan Gaughan is having a great day here. Ward Burton's having a good run. Ward is up in 16th position. John Andretti's looking good right now. That uh, two, is they're not really sure how many races they're going to run. Uh, John Andretti out of the uh, DEI shops up in North Carolina. Casey Mears looking pretty well right now. Elliot Sadler. I think Elliot may be a player in this thing to win. If he can get himself some kind of a track position with 10 or 15 or 20 laps to go, he's going to be there because he's got a good car. A caution would turn this thing completely around and uh, restack the field here, get them uh, a little bit tighter for a restart and give a lot of these guys a chance. As it is now, if it stays green, even with the uh, regularly scheduled pit stops, they're going to stay pretty well spread out around this racetrack. And Winston Kelly, last stops are back around, uh, what, 108, 110, something in that neighborhood. We're looking at, what, another 10 laps or so? Yeah, somewhere around lap 143. So you are just about 10 laps away from that next round of uh, green flag pit stops. Frank Stoddard, who's the crew chief on uh, Machine of Scott Wimmer. Scott, I mean, uh, Frankie, tell us about the car and how it's been running today. I tell you what, he's, uh, he told us earlier on in the day that all he wanted to do was finish in the top ten, and he's giving it away a little of a run. Yeah, he's really done a great job. I mean, uh, the whole team, pit stops have been key. Guys have done a great job on pit road, but he's really got a lot of experience, you know, in the first hundred laps of the race with, with drafting and stuff. Uh, he looked really good on practice on Friday. The cat team worked real hard all week. We didn't run good to 125, um, but we, we're putting on a good show today. Spotter's done a great job, and... Uh, you know, we'll just see what we can do. How about the handling? The handling's real good. Um, this is the best we've been all week, so uh, looking forward to the end. That's Frank Stoddard, who's the crew chief on the machine, being driven by Scott Wimmer. We talked to him earlier on today, and he said all he'd like to do is run all the laps and finish in the top ten, and he's certainly got a heck of a run going so far. He's in a great position right now, running in the third spot with still 67 laps remaining. Time now for a mid-race update brought to you by MBNA. Tony Stewart is the race leader. He leads a group of 19 cars that are currently on the lead lap. There's been 17 lead changes among nine drivers, four caution flags today. The cars now out of the race include Kevin LePage, Jamie McMurray, Michael Waltrip, Brian Vickers is out, also Robbie Gordon in the garage. Ken Schrader's back there, Casey Kane, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. Of course, there was a longer list earlier, but a lot of those guys have made repairs and brought their cars back onto the racetrack. Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Scott Wimmer, Kevin Harvick, and Greg Biffle. That is the top five. This mid-race update brought to you by MBNA. Tony Stewart was in the lead at the official halfway mark. He wins a $10,000 MBNA mid-race leader award. If Tony wins the race today as well, then MBNA will award an additional $5,000 bonus. If that bonus goes unclaimed, it'll grow by $5,000 every week until a driver wins the halfway award and the race.
Scheduled pit stops underway. Let's go to pit road to Winston Kelly. Scott Wimmer came down pit road 30, went out second, four tires in fuel. And the Caterpillar Dodge, a good stop for him. More cars in front of Jim Phillips. And we have the leader in. Tony Stewart was in along with uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Greg Biffle was in. And Kurt Busch now in. We have Dave Blaney getting right side tires. Devin Harvick is in. Chassis adjustment on his Chevrolet. Right side tires are on. Left side tires going on Harvey's car. And there's some cars drinking down in front of Steve Pope. Joe Nemechek stalls the U.S. Army Chevy. He gets it fired back up, heads back onto pit road. Ward Burton, a slow stop on the left rear, a problem on the left rear. They're going now. The next zero Chevy is back out on the racetrack. The other one on this side of pit road, Kyle Petty. Left side down, and Kyle Petty is off and away. And the leader now is Matt Kenseth. He stays on the racetrack. Jimmy Johnson is second. Elliot Sadler's third. Dale Here Jarrett is now fourth and Bobby Labonte is fifth. We'll see more cars moving on to pit road and here comes Jimmy Johnson into the pits to make his stop. Coming in also is Elliot Sadler. Bobby Labonte is on pit road. Coming in right now is Ricky Rudd. Let's go back down and cover some of those stops. Steve Post. Matt Kenseth rolled too far through his pit stop. Had to back the DeWalt Ford up. The crew going around now to the left side. Getting that car repaired or getting that car back in the pit stall. He is down and away. Dale Jarrett, four tires, a chassis adjustment and fuel. Bobby Labonte, four tires. The car is very, very good. Bobby Labonte, the interstate battery Chevy is down and away. Now down to Winston Kelly. Jimmy Johnson pulls away on lap 138. Kind of surprised that he didn't come in with his teammate Jeff Gordon. Both of them with virtually identical stops. 14.48 seconds. Last time around it was Gordon, John Andretti, and Brendan gone. This time on pit road Johnny Sauter, who a couple of laps ago when the first round of pit stops came in he got pinched down coming off a of turn four. He came whizzing through pit road at about 180 miles an hour as everybody else came down pit road. He had to do a pass through. Now he's on pit road with four tires and fuel to Jim Phillips. And on this end, Winston Law, we had in uh, Ricky Rudd came in. Also, we had uh, Casey Mears in the pits and Elliot Sadler. They all came in, got four tires and fuel. These would be scheduled pit stops for just about everybody out there. They can go somewhere around 32 to 34 laps. Let's go back downstairs. Kyle Petty, a tough break, was running on the lead lap, had a strong run going. They left the catch can in the car. He had to come down pit road for a second time to remove the catch can from the Georgia Pacific Dodge. Going to bump him way back in the field. He had been running up in the top 20 the better part of the afternoon. These pit stops scheduled coming under green flag conditions between laps 138 and 140. Terry Labonte has now inherited the lead. He'll take over at lap 140, becoming the 10th different driver to lead the Daytona 500. Tony Stewart's now in the second spot. Scott Wimmer's back to third. Dale Earnhardt Jr. fourth. And Greg Biffle fifth. I don't believe Labonte has uh, come in in this uh, session as of yet. So once he makes his stop, it'll cycle back around as Tony Stewart, the race leader. Back downstairs. Terry Labonte just did come down pit road uh, as he took the lead. Stopped in 14.69 seconds. A good, strong stop for the Kellogg's team. Same time around, Mike Skinner came in. Four tires and fuel for his machine as well. And indeed, Tony Stewart has cycled back around as the race leader now that Terry Labonte has made his stop. So let's tell you how they're running now after this round of green flag pit stops. They should be able to go with one more stop, making it the rest of the way. Stewart leads, Scott Weber's second, Dale Earnhardt Jr. third, Greg Biffle fourth, and Jeff Gordon is fifth. Sixth is Jimmy Johnson, seventh Kevin Harvick, eighth is Elliott Sadler, ninth is Dave Blaney, and Joe Nemechek is tenth. In 11th, champ Matt Kenseth, 12th is Bobby Labonte, 13th is Dale Jarrett, Casey Mears is 14th, John Andretti shown in 15th, 16th is Brendan Gaughan, 17th is Jeremy Mayfield, and 18th, Terry Labonte. Those are the cars that are currently on the lead lap. Let's go back to Pitt, Pitt Road. 
Apparently all the pit stops have now been made. Everybody's gone back onto the racetrack. Joe gave you through the top 18. Kurt Busch is 19th. Ward Burton is 20th. 21st is Ricky Rudd. Kyle Petty is 22nd. Jimmy Spencer 23rd. Mike Skinner is 24th, and Ricky Craven is 25th. Johnny Sauter is 26th. 27th is Johnny Benson. 28th is Larry Foyt. Scott Riggs is being shown in 29th. Scott has been in and out of the event. He had damage to the car. He comes out and makes a few laps and goes back and works on the car and then comes back out and makes a few more. Rusty Wallace also went back out after spending some 44 laps behind the pit wall and goes back out onto the racetrack. And Rusty has picked up about seven or eight positions by staying out there and adding more laps to his total here this afternoon. He's shown in 30th place. Derek Cope is 31st. Ryan Newman is 32nd. These cars are in the garage area. Kevin LePage, Jamie McMurray, Sterling Marlin, Michael Walter, Brian Vickers, Robbie Gordon, Jeff Green, Ken Schrader, Casey Kane, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. Some of those due to the accidents that we've had here this afternoon. A few others have out of the event with engine problems, namely Jeff Burton and Mark Martin. Lead draft is working on the back straightaway. It's made up of Tony Stewart, the lap car of Kurt Busch, and, uh, the, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. has now taken over the second position. That second pack of cars, Jeff Striegel, is now chasing down the front three. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr., Greg Biffle, and Jeff Gordon. They had been back, oh, maybe 25, 30 car lengths, but this time off at turn four, it's a six-man dance. But they're running nose to tail. Nobody pulling out to pass as they catch Rusty Wallace's damaged car right now. The leader will try to go around him, heading off to turn number one. Tony Stewart says, let's go to the outside. Rusty drops to the bottom of the racetrack to give them plenty of racing room as they head over to turn two. Rusty Wallace gives way, allows that six-car draft to work away, work its way easily around the outside. Tony Stewart, the lap car of Kurt Busch. Then the second place machine, Scott Wimmer, under pressure from Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. took a look off the second corner, tried to run down to the inside. He'll get back in line, and everyone is content to ride single file now. They work off the end of the super stretch, led by Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart in front of Kurt Busch, who went and lap down, but he has a very strong forward underneath him. He lines up second. Now the battle's going to take place just behind them. Greg Biffle's got his hands full as Jeff Gordon goes to the top side. Trying to do it single-handedly. Gordon just climbs the banking, coming up off turn number four. Pulls up alongside Greg Biffle. The race is on. They're door-to-door coming across the start-finish line. Biffle with the inside lane. Typically that is favored, but neither one, Dave Moody, have any drafting help. Nobody's got any help, and it's going to come down to horsepower and handling, and the advantage will go to Jeff Gordon. He drives around Greg Biffle on the outside lane, picks up the position. Now they'll both try and catch that lead draft again. Yeah, but that could be costly for Gordon. He has lost a lot of real estate, as he really has to do a lot of work to track down Dale Earnhardt Jr., Junior rides third right behind Scott Wimmer, who follows the lap car of Kurt Busch. And up front, everybody very patient. Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, a lap down, then Scott Wimmer, and then about a car length back to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jeff Gordon now trying to hook up in a draft with Greg Biffle. I think these guys are just kind of making laps right now because we've still got 55 laps to go. We'll have 54 just as the leader, Tony Stewart, crosses the start-finish line. At least one more, maybe two more rounds of pit stops. We've got a ton of cars out there running with uh, sheet metal damage that have been caught up in an accident earlier here today. Ryan Newman is running with a damaged race car. So is Derek Cope. So is Rusty Wallace. Johnny Benson falls in that category along with Scott Riggs, Sterling Marlin, and Jeff Green. So it's been uh, just been an unusual Daytona 500. And, and a couple of guys who really were off to a great start this year having problems. Uh, Scott Riggs, I mean, they had a tough break in the qualifying race. They crashed at Valvoline Chevrolet last week and uh, had an incident earlier today. He's been behind the wall and back and forth right now coming back out. Kevin LePage, I talked to him this morning. He was so pumped up because the Morgan McClure team had such a great car. It qualified so well last Sunday here in Bud Pole qualifying. Has been strong throughout the week. It's been great in the practice sessions. They got caught up in a crash. They've been in and out currently back on the racetrack 
with sheet metal hanging off the side of, of that machine. And other guys who were threats to win here. You know, Jamie McMurray's been good this week. Sterling Marlin, a former winner at Daytona. He's out of the race. Of course, the defending champion of the Daytona 500, Michael Waltrip, caught up in that uh, tough crash back on lap number 70. And others like Jeff Burton and Mark Martin, who, by the way, was the first guy out of the race here today. But among some 29, 30 drivers that are still currently running on the, at least close to the lead lap, the lead lap consisting of 16 of them right now. Never know who might come out as the winner of this Daytona 500. Just 50 laps remaining in the 46th Daytona 500. Will Tony Stewart go to victory lane? Currently, he's in control as he leads Scott Wimmer by two-tenths of a second. Special welcome to new affiliates on Motor Racing Network here today for the first time in Austin, Texas, KWNX AM Radio, in St. George, Utah, KZNU AM, and in Salt Rapids, Minnesota, WBHRAM. Glad to have you aboard. A list of 511 radio stations in 47 states carrying our coverage of the 46th Daytona 500. Tony Stewart, Scott Wimmer, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, and Greg Biffle. That's the top five. Jimmy Johnson still in the hunt along with Kevin Harvick. Elliot Sadler, he runs an eighth. Dave Blaney, ninth. And tenth is Joe Nemechek. Let's take a sweep through the pits now. Brought to you by Craftsman, the official tools of NASCAR. Winston Kelly. One of the guys that's been up front all day long is Jimmy Johnson with his crew chief, Chad Canals. Jimmy, what's he saying about the car? He's been up there all day long. Has he got enough to reel that front group back in? Not right now, not the way it looks. They're too far out there. We're running about three-tenths of laps slower than those guys are. I just I don't know if we can catch them or not. If it goes green, looks like it's going to be handed those guys up there. But, you know, it's been a good day for us. Team Lowe's Racing has really done a great job. Pickers done a pretty good job. You know, if we can get out here with the top ten, we're going to be pretty pleased. Chad Knauss, the crew chief on the machine, currently running in sixth position. Been just a tick tight today, but currently running extremely well. Doesn't know if he's got enough to catch up with him unless they have a caution flag a little bit later on in the day. Finished third here last year. Looking to try to improve it a couple of spots. Now down to Jim Phillips. And we're in the pits of Elliott Sadler with his crew chief, uh, Todd Perry. Todd, you started second, you're running seventh. What's it going to take for you to get in the mix with this uh, Daytona 500? Well, uh, obviously, we just caution so we can get uh, bunched up with them guys up front. And, uh, been adjusting on this M&M's Ford Taurus all day long, and uh, Elliot's done a great job. Got a lap down there one time, so uh, been playing catch-up pretty much all day. So uh, right now, he said the car's the best it's been all day, so uh, we'll see what we got. It's the right time to be the best with uh, just uh, under 48 laps to go. Steve Post. Climbed up on top of the DeWalt war wagon down here. Robbie Reiser has Matt Kenseth up in the number 11 position talking to his driver right now. Robbie uh, had a little problem on that pit stop, but are you able to recover? And how's your car for the balance of this race? Well, we're going to have to hope for the best here. We uh, switched through a stall and got behind, and we're pretty much uh, working our way back. Everybody stays in line. We might catch them, but uh, we're going to need them all to stay in line here. That's Robbie Reiser, crew chief, champion crew chief for Matt Kenseth. As we said on that last pit stop, they slid through. They lost a couple of seconds on that. They're now about 12 seconds back on the leader, but they're hoping if those guys get in line, they can reel in that front pack. Joe, I'll tell you who's really driving the wheels off that car out there is Kurt Busch. He's a lap down, but he's right behind the leader or in that pack with the leader, Tony Stewart, and he can get that lap back. And if, if opportunity presents itself, he's got a strong car also. Kurt Busch is good in super speedway racing. Remember, he finished second in 
this race last year. Started 15th last year, came in second. He started 15th again this year, and I talked with him this morning, and he says we feel like we've got an even better chance going in with the Ford support that we have this year that's so much better than it was last season. And Yeah, he's doing a good job if he can get back on the tail end of the lead lap. A caution flag would really turn things around at this stage of the race. Uh, but he's got shaken out of that draft a little bit over there now, out of turn number two and down the back straightaway. He has lost the draft, and he's fallen back in the pack. Let's pick him up over in turn three. That kick to the outside lane, Barney. He falls in line behind Dale Jr., who goes second. Now they're side-by-side side for third. Jeff Gordon on the move to the outside. Scott Wimmer right there trying to decide whether he's going to go with Jeff Gordon or Greg Biffle. For now, he's going to go topside and follow Jeff Gordon. Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., 1-2. Greg Biffle's done a good job today as well, Barney. Of course, he won the Bud Pole for this thing last Sunday afternoon in the qualifying session. Then they changed an engine, had to start uh, back at the very rear of the pack. He worked his way to the front very quickly and has been back and forth, bouncing around the top 20 quite often. But over the last, I guess, fourth of this race, he's been among the top five practically all the time. Right now, riding in the fourth spot, feeling a challenge from Jeff Gordon as they work up into turn one. Jeff Gordon just about a car length ahead now, working down the back straightaway as he tries to chase the leaders. Now Scott Wimmer's on the marsh. He's trying to close back in on the tail gate or tail bed or of uh, Greg Biffle now as he holds down the fourth position, all in hot pursuit of Jeff Gordon, who rides third. Single file for the moment, Tony Stewart. But when he looks in the mirror, he sees the Budweiser Chevrolet and inside fifth. He laughs. Earnhardt Jr. says maybe now is the time to go. Dale Jr. takes a look, then decides, nope, just hang in this draft like we've been running here until we get out the next round of pit stops. There are 43 laps remain to be run here at Daytona in the Daytona 500. Tony Stewart leads Dale Earnhardt Jr. second. Jeff Gordon is third. Greg Biffle is fourth. And Scott Wimmer is fifth. Jimmy Johnson is now sixth. Kevin Harvick's had a good solid day. Kevin is seventh. Elliot Sadler is looking very strong also. He is eighth. Joe Nemechek's going to have a good day here, assuming he doesn't have any problems. He has been in the top 10 or 15 for the better part of the day, ninth right now. Dave Blaney, we've talked about him. Just an outstanding day for Dave. Matt Kenseth was a very strong player in the early going. In fact, we commented up here before that first caution flag came out how strong and how hard Matt was racing. That's not normally his style all last year in the early going unless he started up toward the front and had a car that would jump out there. But he was in there mixing it up pretty good. But uh, he's still very much in the hunt. So is Bobby Labonte, who is 12th. Dale Jarrett's 13th. Casey Mears is 14th. And John Andretti is 15th. Give a call to Brendan Gaughan, the rookie driver also, the Ray Bestest rookie, looking good. He's driven a very heads-up race today, so to speak. Stayed out of trouble. Has learned to pick up on the draft real quick and has been able to stay up there in the lead pack. Terry Labonte is 17th. Kurt Busch is 18th. Ward Burton is 19th. Ricky Rudd is 20th. Kyle Petty is 21st. Jimmy Spencer, 22nd. Mike Skinner, 23rd, Ricky Craven, 24th, and Jeremy Mayfield is 25th. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 on MRN Radio is brought to you in part by Husqvarna. Tough name, tough equipment. For the dealer nearest you, call 1-800-HUSKY-62. By the Home Depot, NASCAR's home improvement warehouse. By AutoZone, get in the zone. AutoZone, and by Goody's Headache Powder, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. 17 cars are still on the lead lap. Terry Labonte would be the last of those, and Ricky Rudd right now trying to keep from going a second lap down as the leader has chased him down over in turn two. On the outside lane, Tony Stewart will move to the outside, drive around Terry Labonte with the escort from Dale Earnhardt Jr. They will complete the pass coming on to the super stretch. Now the next car on deck is Ricky Craven. Craven drops down to the inside, allows the leaders free and clear access to the high lane, and that's exactly the route that Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. take in turn three. Top two have really broken 
broken away. Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. have broken away from Jeff Gordon, Greg Biffle, and Scott Wimmers. They're off turn four. Got some more traffic to deal with, though. There's three more cars directly ahead of the race leaders. Here they come approaching those cars as they cross the start-finish line. Got Mike Skinner, Jimmy Spencer, and Jeremy Mayfield just in front of the race leaders. They stay single file now as they approach that traffic in turn one. Unfortunately, the lap traffic decides to go two abreast as Spencer goes to the outside of Mayfield. Skinner goes along with him. So for at least the moment, Tony Stewart's going to have to bide his time. Now he'll try and make a move off two. He will follow Mike Skinner onto the super stretch. Now change lanes and drop down to the inside. Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the lap car of Kurt Busch right in his tire tracks. Stewart by Skinner off the end of the back straightaway. Now they close it on Jimmy Spencer. Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr. knows the tail on the inside of the racetrack. Jimmy Spencer and Mike Skinner topside. Kurt Busch still right there in the mix. Tony Stewart leads Dale Earnhardt Jr. There's a lot of drivers that would like to see a caution flag come on of this field to get them a chance to get get back up there and catch the front pack tony stewart earnhardt jr jeff gordon and greg biffle but that group of cars would just as soon this race stay green they like things the way they are and winston kelly a lot of those teams down there had been planning on look seeing a caution before this stage of the race to get back up there if it doesn't come out they're in deep trouble yeah we just talked to chad canals he's one of those guys same thing with todd parrott uh, crew chiefs respectively on jimmy johnson and uh elliot sadler's machine they definitely would like to see a caution flag because they're not able to pull up, pull up on them with uh without the benefit of a caution flag not able to pull up on that uh, lead group so they definitely would like to see that of course guys like tony stewart They'd like to see it go clean and green the rest of the way. Jeff Gordon's kind of lost uh, sight of that lead draft. We told you before he'd fallen back a little ways, and even more so now as those uh, lead two, the cars of Tony Stewart and Dale Hart Jr. approach the traffic we told you about. So Gordon now has a little bit of digging. He's got one particular drafting partner there that might help out a little bit, Kurt Busch's lapped car, who's running up in the lead draft. Let's see if Jeff and Kurt can hook up in turn one. They've got a little bit of work to do, Joe. About six car lengths between Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s machine and the lapped automobile of Kurt Busch. But they do keep their cars in line, hoping that the draft will kick in and they can make that progress back towards the front. Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., the front two, separated by a car length now in turn three. And running into third spot is Jeff Gordon, still trying to pick up that draft of Kurt Busch, then the lap machine of Mike Skinner, back to Greg Biffle and Scott Wimmer as they work off four. All that lead pack right now is doing, as we said, just kind of running nose to tail. No point in racing each other that hard because they need to put more laps on the scoreboard and then settle it as we get down toward the tail end of this thing. Let's give you a full field rundown. Tony Stewart is the leader at lap 166 with 34 to go. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is second. Jeff Gordon is third. Greg Biffle is fourth. And fifth is Scott Wimmer. Jimmy Johnson is sixth. Kevin Harvick is seventh. Elliot Sadler is eighth. Joe Nemechek is ninth. Dave Blaney is tenth. And Matt Kenseth is eleventh. Bobby Labonte is 12th, Dale Jarrett's 13th, John Andretti is 14th, and Casey Mears is 15th. They're all on the lead lap. Brendan Gaughan shows in 16th, 17th is Kurt Busch, Terry Labonte's 18th, Ward Burton 19th, Ricky Rudd 20th, Kyle Petty 21st, Mike Skinner 22nd, Jimmy Spencer 23rd, Ricky Craven is 24th, and Jeremy Mayfield is 25th. And if you're wondering why we're not talking about some of the big names in this business, Joe Moore's going to tell you. Yep. A lot of them got caught up in a crash back at lap number seven. He took out uh, some very strong contenders and others having different problems falling out of the race. Scott Riggs is out because of a crash he got caught up in. He kept uh, coming on the pit road and trying to make repairs and get back out. NASCAR finally said he was too slow, so he is behind the wall for good. Other cars out, Jamie McMurray, Sterling Marlin, Michael Waltrip, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. 
now. Some cars are making pit stops. Lap 167. Let's go to Steve Post. Matt Kenseth, the first one on this end of pit road. Lap 167. 33 laps from the end. This is the final scheduled pit stop. Kenseth is in. Left side tires down and out. It's four tires and fuel for Dale Jarrett. Also, four tires and fuel. Bobby Labonte nearly stalls the interstate battery Chevrolet. Gets it fired back up. He's down and away. Ricky Rudd is also on pit road. Let's cover his stop. He's got four tires, Marty, and a can of fuel, two cans of fuel. He's back on the track, and uh, the pit board is down for the leader, Tony Stewart. And it's a shame, as we said, that Ricky hasn't been able to catch a break today to get himself on the on the lap with the leaders out there because he felt like he had a car that could at least run in the top ten and have a shot to win. Yeah, been uh, very fast, but again, not on the lead lap. And as they're spread out around here now, it's going to be really tough to catch the leaders and uh, get that lap back. Here comes Dave Blaney. The Wheeland car is on pit road again in front of Jim Phillips. Yeah, he slipped a little bit, Joe. Lost about three positions, but he's still in the top ten, having a good run. Right side tires are on. First can of fuel is in this car. They're coming around the left side. Second can of fuel is now going in. And Dave Blaney will get off the pit lane before the leaders, and they'll cycle back around. Here come the leaders now. Off the banking of turn number four, lap 169. This should be the final stops, unless we have a caution flag. Hard on the brakes is Greg Biffle. Everyone else coming in to make their stop. First, Tony Stewart. Here's Tony Stewart. Light side tires going on. Tony Chevrolet. First can of fuel is in. They swing around the left side. They're going to change all four tires. Now the second can of fuel. Here comes Elliot Sadler in. Greg Biffle is in. Also, Kurt Busch is in. Tony comes spinning out of his pits. He's going to beat him out. Winston Kelly. It's only two tires for Scott Wimmer. We thought we'd see nothing but four tires. Stop. Two tires for Scott Wimmer. He's the first away. Then Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon with four tires and kill. Greg Biffle, they leave in that order. Now down to Steve Post. The only car on pit road at this time, Jeff Green, the damaged and battered Cheerios Dodge from Richard Petty's team. They are down and away after their pit stop. We see the signboards for the uh, Net Zero Chevrolet of Ward Burton and also the uh, Joe Nemechek car. The signboards are out, and we expect them on pit road. Indeed, here they come on pit road. Ward Burton rolls in. It's going to be four tires and fuel. The final stop, lap 169, lap 170, actually. 30 laps for the end. Also, Joe Nemechek on pit road. Right side up on that car. No chassis adjustment. The car's good. Nemechek having a good run. Left side up on that machine, and Joe Nemechek will be down and away problems for Greg Biffle. He was speeding on pit road, so a tough break for Biffle. He'll come, have to come back around and do a pass-through, and that's going to hurt seriously his chances of winning the Daytona 500. Currently, Jimmy Johnson is shown as the race leader at 30 laps to go. Back at Daytona International Speedway, just 27 laps from the finish in the Great American Race with Scott Wimmer. Now the race leader wouldn't be an upset if a rookie came here and won the Daytona 500. I'll tell you what, he had a heck of a pit stop to get back out there ahead of Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Jeff Gordon and the rest of that crowd. In fact, his advantage right now is a full second and a half, and that would be some upset here if Scott Wimmer can take the Caterpillar car to victory lane. That's been there once before, though. Yeah, we heard the drivers talking uh, first part of the broadcast, some of the crew chiefs saying it would be all four-tire stops today. We understand that Scott Wimmer just took on two. And that stops so a little bit of a gamble there with a chance maybe to pull an upset victory here in the Daytona 500. Again, just 26 laps remaining for the first time in a NASCAR Nextel Cup Series points-paying race. These cars are being fueled by Sunoco, and Bob Owens is the senior vice president of Sunoco with us here in the booth here watching what's going on. Got a big smile on your face. I'm sure this is a happy day for you guys. Yeah, it's just terrific. We're, we're really pleased to, uh, to join the sport and participate. 
Sunoco has powered uh, racing uh, machines of all types for so many years, and it seems appropriate that finally you come to NASCAR Nextel Cup Series Racing. Well, we absolutely agree with you, and when we look at our uh, at our history and our company's emphasis on uh, on quality, the opportunity with NASCAR just seemed a perfect fit and uh, was a terrific opportunity for us. Hang with us just a minute. Well, let's pick up this battle for this for the lead right now. Scott Wimmer has been chased down by Tony Stewart, Earnhardt Jr., and Jeff Gordon. Let's see if he can hold him off over in turn one. And the rookie now has fallen back into the clutches of the Wolves. Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. have closed in on Scott Wimmer. They're not going to waste any time. Here comes Stewart to the bottom. Wimmer up the racetrack. Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr. change lanes. Now Wimmer blocks Stewart. Stewart now has to jump on the binders, but Wimmer again to the high side of the racetrack. Tony Stewart blows by and retakes the lead. With 25 laps left to go, Tony Stewart puts Scott Wimmer in third spot because here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. So the new leader, Tony Stewart, then Dale Earnhardt Jr., then Scott Wimmer. Had to take the gamble, go with the two tires, and maybe get an opportunity to pull off a win here today, but it did not pay off, at least not yet. Wimmer falls back in line in the third spot as Tony Stewart continues to lead the way, but Dave Moody, he's still got Dale Earnhardt Jr. right behind him. Indeed he does, and Scott Wimmer may be the young man in the catbird seat when it comes down to crunch time between Stewart and Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has just sat back there in second place. He's got the crosshairs on Stewart as he trails him off too. Test the waters down low, trying to see if he can get a run there. Couldn't get one going. Falls in line behind Stewart. You've got Stewart, Earnhardt Jr., the lap car of Kurt Busch, and Scott Wimmer, the caboose in that four-car train. And you just have to wonder if Dale Earnhardt Jr. is just sitting back there playing with Tony Stewart, who has led most of the way. Tony Stewart off of turn number four, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Scott Wimmer. Tell you what, these front four right now would like to see this thing stay green and just run nose to tail and settle it in the final laps to see who goes to victory lane in the Daytona 500. Bob Owens again from Sunoco is with us. And uh, with all the gas stations you have around the country, all the service marts and whatnot, uh, the folks, I'm sure you're getting a lot of feedback from folks being proud that now they are the official fuel of NASCAR. Well, that's exactly right. And we uh, are uh, dealer partners and distributor partners. Uh, we're, we're getting nothing but uh, positive comments from them. Got to be doing a lot of NASCAR stuff in your stores? We are. We've got uh, plans. We want to uh, walk before we run. We just got uh, started. This is a 10-year agreement. And uh, we're looking to do a lot more in the future. Well, we like you the way you look around the racetrack. Some of our turn announcers are up in your Sunoco uh, pavilions, we call them, up in the corners there. We thank you a lot for that. And good to have you aboard with us. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You'll be hearing a lot about Sunoco here on MRN Radio. They're, of course, the official fuel of NASCAR. 23 laps from the finish in the Daytona 500 as Tony Stewart continues to lead. We have a challenge for the lead in turn one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. tried it coming off turn two to the inside. Couldn't get it done. Tried it again in turn four, and this time it may work. They're side-by-side side for the lead coming off turn two. Tony Stewart up high. Dale Earnhardt Jr. down low. They're door-to-door racing for the lead. Now Stewart will reach out and grab the top spot. Earnhardt falls back in line. Now rushes up against him. They almost make contact. Earnhardt back to the lead in three. Wheel to wheel, not any longer. Dale Earnhardt Jr. top spot at Daytona. Tony Stewart back to second. Kurt Busch is right there, and Scott Wimmer wants a piece of the action as well. Dale Jr. has said he couldn't get anybody to draft with him. He looked like he didn't need anybody right there as he's grabbed the lead away from Tony Stewart and is pulling away by two car lengths right now as they shuffle back to turn number one. Eighteen laps to go. Dale Earnhardt Jr. tried to flex some muscle. He made the move. Now he's going to try and pull away from Tony Stewart. Stewart glued to the bottom of the racetrack. Try to reel him back in. He's got some drafting help from behind the lap car of Kurt Busch. Stewart Try to hit the comeback.
Carlink Trail. Scott Wimmer also in that mix. He's fallen back about two car lengths behind the lap car of Kurt Busch while Dale Earnhardt Jr. snakes down to the inside of the racetrack trying to pick up a draft from the lap car of Johnny Sauter. Up the banking he goes now, leading by car length. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to the outside of Sauter. Tony Stewart will follow him along, then Kurt Busch, then Scott Wimmer. But out front, Dale Earnhardt Jr. by car length. As they come off turn four, they'll bypass Kevin LePage, whose car has run out of fuel. He's rolling slowly on the inside of the track. Looks like he will be able to make it down the pit lane and into the garage. The leaders cross the stripe, 17 to go. Earnhardt Jr. leads, but Tony Stewart's right there with him. That margin maintains at about a car length and a half, maybe two. Tony Stewart just hanging back there, looking for an opportunity to try and make the move that gets him back around the Budweiser Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Two Chevys, a Ford, and a Dodge stacked up nose to tail, led by Dale Earnhardt Jr. The red and white Budweiser Chevrolet, the orange and white Home Depot Chevrolet, the front two separated still by a car length now off the end of the back straightaway. Well, the driver that wins this race may have Kurt Busch to thank because if Tony Stewart is going to pull out a line, he'll need Kurt Busch to go with him. Right now, still single file. Dale Jr. at the front of the field. They're going to run that way for a lap or so. I got a feeling with 16 laps to go as they come down to the line, Dale Jr. is in front. Let's go down to his pit and get a word. Jim Phillips is there. Let's talk to Tony Urie, the crew chief, and find out if this is where he needs to be. With no more cars in that lead draft, do you feel this is where you need to be in the lead? Well, we figured we'd have to do it by ourselves if, if we're going to get it done, so... Uh, we figured we might well start early and just hope for the best. Uh, it seems like uh, Wimmer's two tires, he's gotten real loose. So he don't, he's just hanging on for whatever he can get there. And uh, Hopefully we can outrun that 20 car. That we don't know what that 97 is going to do, so hopefully uh, we can just outrun that 20 and we'll have to worry about him. How's your car handling right now? Uh, the car's real good. The car's been excellent when it's in front all day and uh, got a little loose when we was back in the pack there a little while ago. And, uh, Change the spring rates on it, tighten it up a little bit, so it should be good the rest of the way. Crew Chief Tony Urey, he's uh, down here with the rest of the guys cheering on Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's got the lead. Barney, you know, a lot of guys will tell you that being up front is not where you want to be in the closing laps on a super speedway. Others say, no, that's the place to be. And you got to kind of wonder about uh, Tony Stewart. Might be a blessing in disguise that he's not up front in the closing laps. It could be. We'll see how it plays out here very shortly. There's only 15 laps remaining in the Daytona 500. That lead trio we talked about, Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, and Scott Wimmer still locked together as they go over to turn three. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart about a car length back. Now Kurt Busch moves up the banking. Scott Wimmer tried to get underneath him, couldn't get it done as Kurt Busch came back down. Top two, nose to tail. Tony Stewart may have been waiting for some drafting help from Kurt Busch. Looks like he may not get that. May have to do it single-handedly if he is to chase down Dale Earnhardt Jr., Earnhardt Jr. holds the inside line across the stripe while Tony Stewart goes a little bit wider. It's maybe three car lengths between first and second as they go to turn one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to put some daylight between himself and Tony Stewart. He got the lead all by himself. If Stewart is going to get the lead back, it may be a do-it-yourself job again. Here's Tony Stewart in the second spot, falling back just a tad over Dale Earnhardt Jr. Now he'll make up some of that lost ground as he gets some drafting help from Kurt Busch. Maybe a car length and a half or two separate the top two in turn Three. And it is a three-car nose-to-tail battle. Scott Wimmer trying to hold on to the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt Jr., left side tires, right down on the bottom side of the racetrack as he exits four. Ten laps to go for Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the rest of the field as he comes down the line. He has never won a Daytona 500. He's been very successful here, especially in winning races in the Pepsi 400, but this would be his first 500 win. 
He still has 10 more laps to stay out front as he goes over to turn two. And Tony Stewart is still right there, dogging his tire tracks just a couple of car lengths back. He's going to have to get closer. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s got a little daylight to work with off turn two. They work past the lap car of Jeremy Mayfield. Mayfield taking the high lane around. The leader's using the low lane. Now they close in on the damaged car of Ryan Newman. Here's Earnhardt Jr. to the bottom, bypassing Newman. Stewart, a bit tardy in that changing of lanes, will lose another car length, maybe two. And the bad news for Tony Stewart is Kurt Busch may be losing the draft. So the top two now starting to stretch out their advantage over Kurt Busch and Scott Wimmer. Will be nine laps to go when they come to the start-finish line. Barney, we were talking at the beginning of our broadcast about possibly Ford getting their act together and challenging the DEI cars for a win. Well, if you look across here at the scoring monitor, there's no, no Fords in the top five. As a matter of fact, the first one is back in seventh. That's where Elliott Sadler is now running. Yeah, they had a good day going in the beginning, but several of their cars have had damage and other incidents to happen to them to put them out of contention to win here right now. We're down to nine laps to go. We've been talking about the, the race for who's going to win this thing. There's some pretty good racing going on back in the pack that needs to be settled also. Last year's Nextel champion, Matt Kenseth, has had a pretty good scramble with Dale Jarrett. They're running real tight together, and so is Bobby Labonte in that pack, and we'll keep our eye on that one as the laps wind down. In fact, it's going over to turn three right now. Here's Matt Kenseth, Dale Jarrett, Bobby Labonte, and Ward Burton all stacked up in tight formation off the end of the super stretch. Good race in front of them as well. Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Joe Nemechek, Elliott Sadler, and Jeff Gordon. A couple of those guys having very good runs here in the top ten in the closing laps of the Daytona 500, but nearly a full straightaway behind the lead duo. They're up in turn one. And the lead is beginning to grow for Dale Earnhardt Jr. It was a car length and a half, then two, then three. Now make it four and change to the super stretch. Yeah, Tony Stewart needs all the drafting help he can possibly get from Kurt Busch because Dale Earnhardt Jr. is beginning to tiptoe away. The lead now, four car lengths, maybe five, as now Stewart has lost the race leader in turn three. Well, nobody ever questioned how strong the Budweiser Chevrolet, and he is out front and trying to pull away from Tony Stewart, but Kurt Busch has caught Tony Stewart. That may be the drafting help he needs. Seven laps to go when they cross the line this time. It is Earnhardt Jr. ahead by three car lengths as they hit the stripe. And Tony Stewart looks like he is indeed going to have to have some help if he gets around. He's pulled down a couple of times going off into turn number one, Dave Moody, like he wanted to make a run. But nobody's there to go with him. Nobody there to give him any help, Barney. He's trying to reel in Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's having a little bit of luck. He's cut it down to two car lengths now. So Stewart may not have played his final card yet. Here he comes, washing up the racetrack off turn two, shut it down by another car length. As they're now separated by one car length, maybe one and a half. Tony Stewart in second, looking for the lead, trying to take it away from Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Scott Wimmer has now caught that draft as well. So again, the top four cars on the racetrack pretty much nose to tail. The lap machine of Kurt Busch lines up between Tony Stewart and Scott Wimmer as Earnhardt Jr. exits four. Tony Stewart has closed in on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s lead, and he did it without any drafting help. If only Kurt Busch would pull up behind him, that could make all the difference in the world. Now behind Kurt Busch, Scott Wimmer is tightening up a little bit. He pulls right up on the back bumper of that Ford. Let's follow that one up to turn one. Wimmer would like to be a player, but on only two tires, he's going to need a little bit of help to get it done. It's Dale Earnhardt Jr. right on the yellow line at the bottom of the racetrack. The advantage is gone. Stewart is there. Stewart looks low. Stewart looks high, trying to take the lead away. Earnhardt dives low and dives high the block. Now we'll put a car length between himself and Stewart. So Earnhardt doing some defensive driving as Tony Stewart now follows him back to the corner. They work their way back up into turn number four as the lap's going to wind down to just five to go. They come down in the front straightaway this time, and Earnhardt Jr. doing everything he can to hold off Tony Stewart because I think all of a sudden he realizes, hey, he may have more car here than I thought he did. 
Tony's pulled out. Maybe he's just kind of working on him a little bit to kind of get his attention as they go back into turn one. It is Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Scott Wimmer, Kevin Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson, your top five. Five and, laps to go. And if Tony Stewart's goal is to get Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s attention, Barney, I guarantee he's got it. He is right there, just a car length back as both of them work the bottom of the banking off turn two. Looking for drafting help still is Tony Stewart. Kurt Busch now falls off the back bumper of the Home Depot Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, one and a half maybe two car lengths apart as they race their way back to turn number three. Tony Stewart trying to size up Dale Earnhardt Jr., but if he's going to get around him, he'll more than likely have to go topside as Jr. again pegged to the bottom of the racetrack. Stewart staying in position there to where maybe he can strike in the closing laps, but time is running out. Only four to go as they come back to the start-finish line. They have both now pulled away from the lap car of Kurt Busch. And Stewart, if he's going to make a move, Dave Moody, he's not shown any indication if he will go to the inside or the outside. He's playing it real cool in this stage. He may have to go the long way around, Joe, because Dale Earnhardt Jr. shows no signs of getting that Budweiser Chevrolet off the bottom for any reason. He's glued to the yellow line again. Stewart gets the good run off the corner, chops a half a car length down, and stays in the tire tracks of Dale Jr. Jr. comes off the wall, splits the difference in the back straightaway, now goes back to the outside. Matter of fact, we'll put a car length between himself and Stewart. And Tony may be starting to close it down just a little bit again as Dale Earnhardt Jr. drifts up the banking just a little bit. Now he brings it back down. Tony Stewart, a half a car length back. Three laps to go for the field here at Daytona. Remember a little bit earlier in the race here, Joe, when uh, Tony Stewart was running that high line and staying up there with the leaders? He may be saving something for these final laps because he proved that he can get around up there. Let's see what he does. They go to one with three laps to go. Tony Stewart has got nothing to lose right now. He will not get past unless there's a real disaster by Scott Wimmer back in third. Wimmer's about seven or eight car lengths back, so Stewart has got the option to go anywhere he wants. For now, he will follow Dale Earnhardt Jr., and he will take the option of the outside lane of the racetrack. Staying with Junior, stride for stride. One car length separate the top two. They've got three over the lap car of Kurt Busch. Tony Stewart right there in the tire tracks of Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Tony Stewart, too, on the bottom side of the racetrack, as is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Top two, nose to tail, off four. Only two laps remaining when they come to the stripe. Two laps to determine the winner of the Daytona 500. Will it be Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Tony Stewart? Looks like it's going to come down to these two drivers. Same separation, about two car lengths between first and second. Stewart right of the tire tracks of Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. now has got to drive five perfect miles to make his way to victory lane. Tony Stewart right on the back bumper trying to force the mistake. Again, they're both glued to the bottom to the super stretch. Flawless performance by Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the closing laps, pegging it up against the outside wall, trying to break the draft, successful in doing so. Only one car length, maybe two, separate Tony Stewart from Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be looking for the white flag, this time by Tony Stewart. Two car lengths back, a pair of Chevrolets up front and exiting four. Tony Stewart hits the front straightaway, works his way down to the line. He's got one final lap to see if he can do anything with Dale Jr. He is two car lengths back, two and a half miles away from the checkered flag. They go back into turn number one, Earnhardt Jr. by two car lengths as they hit turn one. Two car lengths, the advantage for Dale Earnhardt Jr as he climbs the banking for the final time this afternoon. Brings the Budweiser Chevrolet to the point, right down on the yellow line. Here comes Junior off turn two for the final time. If Tony Stewart has anything left, it's time to slap the cards down on the table. So far, so good for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Junior breaks the draft, dives down to the inside, puts a car length between himself and Tony Stewart. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads to turn three. Everybody on their feet in Daytona. Dale Earnhardt Jr. now with a three-car length advantage over Tony Stewart. Dale 
Earnhardt Jr. looking for the checkers. Coming off turn four to the line to settle the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt Jr. pulls down to the start-finish line. He will win the 46th running of the Great American Race. It'll be his ninth Super Speedway victory, his second win at the World Center of Racing. DEI does it again. Earnhardt Jr. wins. Tony Stewart second. Scott Wimmer third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Jimmy Johnson fifth. Let's go to pit road. Big celebration going on on pit road as Dale Earnhardt Jr. has brought the Budweiser Chevrolet to the start finish line. Picks up the checkered flag. He will win the Daytona 500. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Motor Racing Network. It's all over here at Daytona, and as expected, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has picked up the victory. He wins the 2004 edition of the Daytona 500. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford. The official truck of NASCAR is built Ford Tough. Celebration is underway at the start-finish line. Dale Earnhardt Jr. drove the Budweiser Chevy right to the line, climbed out of the car, the crowd cheering, his team members, the media, everybody just pouring in. It's a big happy party here at the start-finish line. Dale Jr. has won the Daytona 500. And it is his first win here as far as a 500, and he's going to enjoy it here this afternoon. We'll be going down to Victory Lane to get his thoughts here very shortly. His whole crew out there congratulating him. Why don't we go down and listen, talk to some of the other top finishers, see if we can get a word with Tony Stewart. Well, Tony is uh, pulling off the steering wheel right now and uh, had a big sip of Coca-Cola. Tony, as a, one of the most consistent cars I've ever seen you at Daytona to finish second. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I'm proud of these guys. We've come a long way in the last week, and, you know, if you're going to get beat, I'd rather get beat by that eight car. He's been a heck of a teammate on these restrictor plate tracks to us, and as far as I'm concerned, that was a one-two finish for us today. Tell us about the pass uh, that he took on you for the lead. <laughs> when he decided he was going to pull the pin, he pulled it. <laughs> there was no there was no holding back. I mean, he had the best car all day. We had a great car. I don't want to take anything away from our guys. They, uh, You know, we've like I said, we've come a long way in a short amount of time, so I'm really proud of this Home Depot team. Uh, you know, John Andretti crashed us yesterday being an idiot, and these guys had to work all night to fix it, and they did an awesome job. They gave me a great race car today. And he finishes second. That's Tony Stewart. Going to take a while for Dale Jr. to get over to Victory Lane because he is totally being mobbed by his crew. He's about as enthusiastic down there as I've seen him. He's hugging everybody from Tony Urie on down. And it's going to be an interesting victory lane when we finally get him over there. Let's go back to pit road and see if we can catch some more of the top five finishers. Bonnie caught up with Scott Wimmer. Scott, solid third-place finish here. Tell us about your day. Yeah, great run for the Caterpillar guys. They, uh, great call at the end. We were two tires. If we could have hooked down to the pack, I don't think the guys would have caught us. But uh, those are two strongest restricted play cars here, and uh, we just couldn't quite hang on at the, there at the end. Got real loose, but I'm um, real excited for Caterpillar. Everybody on this car, Sam Corp. Mac Tools, everybody that helps us out. Ray Bestus, Rookie of the Year candidate. This has to be a tremendous start to your rookie campaign. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, uh, it's a tough battle. It's going to be a tough battle. Look like some of the other rookies had some problems today. But, uh, you know, I'm sure they're all going to be there at Rockingham digging hard, and uh, so are we. That's Scott Wimmer. He finished third. Dale Wimmer, has a, Wimmer has a very good run here, Barney. I was going to say with uh, the third place run, his first time here with uh, that team in the Daytona 500. Back over to uh, Jim Phillips. Well, let's talk to Kevin Harvey. Kevin, had a good car all day. They just got away from him at the end. Was that the difference? Uh, when we came into pit there in the middle of the race, um, I saw them all coming, piling up in the inside, and I figured I better not go. And the ground that we lost right there is, is just the ground that I, I couldn't make back up. But uh, GM Goodwin Chevrolet was, was good all day. Now, that was kind of boring, but, uh, uh, you know, we got strung out and didn't have any cautions there, and 
with all the pit stops and stuff, you kind of get spread out. But uh, all in all, it was a good couple of weeks for us and a strong way to start the year. How about the consistency of your car today? Yeah, I mean, it was consistent all day. Uh, we were just a, a little bit tied up off, and, and other than that, uh, you know, we were just trying to bide our time and, and wound up not uh, getting any caution there at the end to catch back up. Well, good top five finish for Kevin Harvick. Hey, let's see if we can catch a word with Jimmy Johnson. Bonnie, we're down here with Jimmy Johnson, driver of the low Chevy. Jimmy, fourth place finish, a strong run here today. Yeah, you know, that was a great finish for us. Oops. But, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't much you could do sitting there in a three or four car draft, a single file draft. So, you know, when things really shuffled up uh, around the, uh, the pit stop sequence that took place, it got into single file racing. And, heck, we we're just sitting there riding in line and uh, hoping that we could catch the lead draft. But those guys were, were a lot faster with fewer cars up front. And we didn't stand a chance to catch them. How was your car when you did earlier in the race get to run with the leaders? you think you could have, uh, could have competed with them up there if you'd have caught them? Yeah, we had a great race car. You know, we led some, uh, worked our way through the pack a couple times. Uh, my hat's off to this whole Lowe's team, Chad Knauss and all the guys. Uh, great start to the season. Uh, come out of here with the top five, and uh, we'll go on to the next one and have some more fun. Jimmy Johnson, he finished fourth in the Daytona 500. We'll be going down to Gatorade Victory Lane shortly to hear from Dale Earnhardt Jr. A huge celebration has gone on there as uh, Barney predicted. It started here at the start-finish line and now has moved over to Gatorade Victory Lane. As uh, we wait to uh, join the party there, let's uh, take a break here. And uh, Barney and I will select the winner of the Ray Bestis Break of the Race Award. We'll award $500 to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries from Ray Bestis Breaks in the name of the driver who received the best break in today's event. Well, we're talking about Scott Wimmer. He took on two tires out there, gambled a little bit, and it paid off for him to come home with the third-place finish. I kind of like him as good as anybody I see up in the top 10 or 15. After just putting on the two tires, that car was very loose out there, but he held on, still came home with the third-place finish. Not bad for a rookie in the Daytona 500. So Ray Bestus breaks the official breaks of NASCAR, will award $500 in the name of Scott Wimmer to the Motor Racing Outreach Children's Ministries. Again, the top five, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Scott Wimmer, Kevin Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson. It is a shame that we had the accident, the big one as they call it, at uh, Super Speedway sometimes that we had here to take out quite a few top contenders that might have had a shot to win this thing. And again, if you joined our broadcast real late, some of the drivers had had problems getting caught up in accidents and uh, some with blown engines. Rusty Wallace got caught up in a wreck. So did Ryan Newman. Kevin LePage, who had a good car here today, caught up in an accident. Robbie Gordon had problems. So did Jamie McMurray, Sterling Marlin, and certainly Michael Waltrip and Brian Vickers, all who had a car very capable of winning had they still been in there maybe toward the end. You know what's kind of interesting? A lot of folks have said, yeah, once you get Michael Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt Jr. together, one of them is bound to win. In this case, he didn't have any drafting help. He did it all by himself. That was all junior. Well, he had said all week, Joe, in everything he ran in from the Bush race, which he'll be in here tomorrow, to everything else that he could nobody wanted to draft with him because he is just so good at Daytona and I guess they really worked on the car to make it work by itself out front it did a wild day of racing we had 26 lead changes among 10 different drivers here today Greg Biffle again started on the pole had to go to a backup car and go to the rear of the field for the start rallied back for a decent finish he came in in the 12th position but again Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets the victory don't forget the NASCAR Bush Series in action here at Daytona tomorrow yes Monday morning because the Hershey Kisses 300 was a uh, victim of rain on Saturday afternoon. We'll pick it up at lap 32 tomorrow morning. Our airtime is 10.45 Eastern here on the Motor Racing Network. Then we head off to the North Carolina Speedway in Rockingham for the Subway 400 a week from today. Race two already in the 2004 season. Plus the Bush cars will be there at the Rock on Saturday afternoon in the Goodies Headache Powder 200. Hope you can join us there. Good tickets are still available at the Rock. And, of course, we'll be there with the live coverage starting on Friday afternoon. Now let's go to Gatorade Victory Lane. 
I'll tell you what, the Budweiser was flowing at Phoenix, but nothing like today. Dale Earnhardt Jr., you are a Daytona 500 champion. Congratulations. Yeah, I can't believe it. This is awesome. What a great race. I mean, it was awesome. I couldn't believe the pack got spread out like it did, and uh, the more the pack got spread out, the more I became worried because Tony's going to get harder and harder to pass with less people helping me. He had a great car, and we worked great together all day long to try to stay toward the front and try to help each other when we could. And... Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy as hell to win the Daytona 500, and I'm glad I got to race my buddy Tony Stewart for the win. I'm glad Michael's okay. That was a scary-looking accident, and uh, this has got to be the greatest day of my life. Tell us about that pass for the win. I don't know much about it other than I was just trying like hell. I didn't know what I was doing, really. I was just, I got to run on him with the inside, and the 97 was trying not to be a factor in either either way, you know, and I can kind of understand that. And... Uh, but I was wanting him to help me, you know, but I had to really kind of do it all on my own, and I got a great run on him down the back straightaway and got by him, luckily. Uh, it just it worked out perfect, and uh, do it 100 times over, and I probably wouldn't be able to make it happen again, but we just got a little luck and a little good air and, and went by him. You went a little bit earlier than a lot of folks plan- thought you would. Was that by design? Well, you know, the less people that you have pushing you, the, the less opportunities you have on, on guys as far as getting runs on them and a bit, uh, passing opportunities. And uh, I basically had to create that one on my own. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had to take him when I could get him. <laughs> Here comes Tony Stewart in, giving him a big hug, big congratulations. They make a hug, talk about uh, how they worked well together here for uh, Tony Stewart to come home second. Great show of sportsmanship there for Tony Stewart, I tell you what. But he just about reeled you back in. Were you worried then? Yeah, yeah I mean, if anybody would know how to get back by me, that was the man behind me. And, uh He's an awesome race car driver. Um, if if you would have seen how quickly he adapted to the 24-hour car, I, that was a show. That was an amazing, amazing sight. But uh, he's a great competitor, a great friend, done a lot of good things for me, and uh, it was great to be able to race him at the end. It was six years ago today that an Earnhardt came to the Daytona 500 victory lane for the first time, the second time. This time, it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the 2004 Daytona 500. Our congratulations to Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the celebration continues at Gatorade Victory Lane. Gatorade, the official sports beverage of the Daytona International Speedway. Back at Daytona International Speedway, it's been a long speed week, a very exciting speed weeks, especially for Dale Earnhardt Jr. He won his qualifying race on Thursday, and now has won the biggest one of them all, the Daytona 500. And Speed Week's not over yet because we'll be back tomorrow to complete the Bush race, and we'll talk about that before we go off the air here shortly. The winner, Dale Earnhardt Jr., first victory here as far as the Daytona 500, and he is enjoying it. Tony Stewart finished second. Scott Wimmer ran third. Great day for Scott Wimmer. Kevin Harvick comes up fourth. Jimmy Johnson fifth. Joe Nemechek had an outstanding day, and Joe will get a sixth-place finish. Elliott Sadler seventh. Jeff Gordon ran eighth. Matt Kenseth ninth. And Dale Jarrett make up the top ten. From there back in 11th is Bobby Labonte, 12th went to Greg Biffle, 13th was John Andretti, 14th was Casey Mears, and 15th was Dave Blaney. Kurt Busch posted 16th, Ward Burton 17th, Ricky Rudd 18th, 19th goes to Brendan Gone. 20th position, that's Terry Labonte, 21st to Kyle Petty, 22nd to Mike Skinner, 23rd to Ricky Craven, Jimmy Spencer finished 24th, and Jeremy Mayfield make up the top 25. Coming in 26, rookie driver Johnny Sauter, Johnny Benson was 27th, Larry Foyt 28th, Rusty Wallace 29th, and Derek Cobb was 30th. 31st to Ryan Newman, 32nd Kevin LePage, 33rd Jeff Green, Scott Riggs was 34th, 35th Robbie Gordon, 36th Jamie McMurray, 37th Sterling Marlin, Michael Walter was 38th, Brian Vickers 39th, Ken Schrader 40th, 
was Casey Kane in 41st, Jeff Burton 42nd, and Mark Martin finished in the 43rd position. Again, today's race saw 26 lead changes among 10 drivers. There were four caution flags that waved throughout this race. Again, a very exciting speed week, and as Barney said, it's not over yet. We're back tomorrow morning to complete the NASCAR Busch Series race, the Hershey Kisses 300. Airtime is 10.45. Guess who's leading that race? When the red flag came Dale out, Earnhardt it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. So we've uh, got more of that for tomorrow. He might just make it uh, a double here this weekend. 10.45 in the morning for our coverage there. And don't forget, next week we're at the North Carolina Speedway in Rockingham, the Subway 400. You still have time to join us because good tickets are available for the Subway 400 on Sunday and the Goodies Headache Powder 200 Bush Series race on Saturday afternoon. Should be a great weekend of racing at the Rock. Our coverage starts on Friday afternoon with Bud Pole qualifying at 3 Eastern Time. The voices you heard on our broadcast throughout Speed Weeks out into uh, turns one and two. Dave Moody out of Barry, Vermont. There's Mike Bagley at the end of the back straightaway from Wilmington, Delaware, and Jeff Striegel from Grand Rapids, Michigan, covering the action up in turn number four along the pit lane. It was Charlotte, North Carolina's Winston Kelly, Newport, Tennessee's Jim Phillips, and Charlotte, North Carolina's Steve Post. Julian Vegas, the chief engineer for the Motor Racing Network. Our broadcast engineers, Larry Sweeney and Cheesecake DeRocher. Harry Howard is our satellite engineer. Production assistants on the Motor Racing Network, Chris Simeon, Steve Blevins, Amanda Troutman, Anthony Bowers, Todd Costello, Kay Pinchbeck, and Daryl Smith. Don't forget to tune in for NASCAR Today, daily news of what's going on in the world of NASCAR. NASCAR Live with Eli Gold on Tuesday evening at 7 Eastern Time and the world of racing daily here on MRN Radio. Don't forget we're back tomorrow morning, 1045, for the continuation of the Hershey Kisses 300. For Barney Hall now, I'm Joe Moore. We congratulate Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's won the Great American Race. MRN Radio. Coverage of the Daytona 500 has come to you from Daytona International Speedway. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powder, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. By Alltel, we do wireless the way you do wireless. Alltel, you got that right. By Coca-Cola, let's make it real. By Wachovia, so you can bank any way, any place, any time. Raybestos, have your brakes checked every year and ask for Raybestos, the best in brakes. By Sunoco, if it's good enough for NASCAR, it's good enough for your car. By Team Valvoline, racing is how they make their products better. They're not just on the car, they're in it. By Craftsman, the official tools of NASCAR and the NHRA. Available at Sears. Craftsman makes anything possible. Sears. Where else? By the Home Depot, NASCAR's home improvement warehouse. By Tom Johnson's Camping Center, the official RV dealer of the Motor Racing Network. By Featherlight, the official trailer and coach of NASCAR. See Featherlight at www.featherlightusa.com. By Mack Trucks Incorporated. Two-way communications by racing radios. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of racing radios. And by Action Performance. The choice of champions for NASCAR licensed diecast collectibles and apparel. Today's broadcast was directed by Ryan Horn. The executive producer of MRN is David Hyatt. This broadcast has been a production of the Motor Racing Network.